It's Monday, July 5th, and you're listening to a brand new episode of The Julian Dion Show with Jen Grant. On today's episode, all the way from New York City, the hilarious and talented comedian Christina Walkinshaw joins us, and I talk about my weekend of hell gigs. Plus, no daily dose with Jen Grant, we ran out of time, but your comments and a whole lot more, and it all starts now. As wait a minute, let's start again. Hello, hello. <laughs> Hi, this is Ron Votri. This is Alex Nussbaum. This is Jason Fraser. This is Matt O'Brien. Hey, this is Ray Zwicker. All right, world. My name is Cal Post. Guys, this is... This is Christina Walkinshaw. This is Eddie Delisepi. This is Adrian Spencer. Uh, my name is Timo. And you're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy You're listening to the Sorry. Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. <laughs> Who am I talking to? What am I yeah. doing? Julian Dion Comedy, Comedy Hour? You're okay. listening to the... Comedy hour. See, I took the word out comedy. Changes the meaning completely, doesn't it? Not really, I'm overworking, but days in the holidays. Happy holidays. You're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. Uncensored, eh? <laughs> <laughs> From Lemon Press Studio in the beautiful Gatineau Hills. Beautiful. <laughs> Project. I was like half asleep on the couch, and now I'm projecting. Hey everyone, this is Christian Potenza. This is Gay Trevor Wilson. This is John Paul, aka the Island Hipster. Hashtag Hipster Business. This is Steph Tola. Hey, this is Jake Goldsby. This is Sky Wallace. Hey everybody, this is Erica Sigurdsson, aka Ricky Sigs. Okay, hello. Hi. This is Howard Wagman. Hey, this is Peter Anthony, the PA System. This is Matt O'Brien. Some people like to, that's my rap name. This is Jen Grant, and you're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. <laughs> Show you and me belong, just like the flowers, laughing all day long. People, I need to lose. Sing a little song, then take a shower. Julian Dion. It's, it's a show. It's not an hour. It's a show. It's okay. Show with Jen Grant, episode number 407, with guests all the way from New York City. Christina Walkinshaw will join us in a little bit. Christina Walkinshaw. 
Our friend and yours, friend of the show. You have really good friends with Jen Grant. To my left, your right. Good morning, everybody. Recording this brand new episode on a Monday, Monday, July 5th. 2021 we are of course live streaming as we do if you're watching us on youtube reminding you to smash that like button go ahead smash it we'll wait makes a big difference in our lives (laughs) smash it really seek it and of course if you're listening on apple podcasts feel uh, free to leave a review and by feel free i mean do it otherwise you're dead to us thank you five stars good morning Christina Walkinshaw will be here. Jen's on comments. Back. Back at it. I had to do the comments on my own on Friday. That was a mess without you. As I thought you would Checking the feed. Clean. It's not choppy. Perfect. One, two, one, two. Happy Monday if you're watching live. Oh, yes, that's right. It's Monday show. The last few Monday shows were complete shite. Remember? Our energy. We're like, nah. So today, we're coming at you refreshed, rejuvenated with a brand new lease on life. It's going to help that Christina is going to be here. Yes. Christina will elevate the scene. She's got some positive bubbly energy, that one. Yeah, so we'll be talking to Christina around 8 o'clock. In about, well, if you're not watching live, that means nothing to you. In about 40 minutes, 40, 45 minutes. Yeah, so if you're only listening to the show so you can hear Christina, fast forward to... <laughs> yeah, the, the laugh. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. Frantic morning here. We're a little bit late. Your mic fell over. I had to poop. I didn't have to poop. No, I I, I did. Sorry, say I know. I, before <laughs> I, know. That. <laughs> I don't know what's happening with my body right now. Like I go on these cycles. Right now it's uh, at around six forty. I'm here. I'm in the studio, ready to go. And it's like, oh, son of a. And then I go to the bathroom. Then I'm, everything's late. But I'd rather be a little bit late than elsewhere. How are you, Jenny? Good morning. Oh, pretty good. Yeah. Got a case of the Mondays. Oh no, let's shake them. Let's no more of these Monday shows. Mm-hmm. This is our Tuesday show. Okay. Right. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I uh, I had a hell gig weekend this weekend. My first shows back doing stand up in a few months i mean i did that taping a couple weeks ago but that was like just you know seven minutes controlled in a in a in a different environment this was uh, on friday so yeah i had these two gigs and i talked about it on friday i said these two gigs are potentially difficult uh and they were oh my god and you started off like the, f- the 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 both were hard, but from the sound of it, you thought the fr- after the Friday one, you thought, well, there's no way. Yeah, especially after Saturday could be like it's going to be great because Friday was so hard. 
and it was tell people why it's hard. Like sometimes it was I think worse it's hard to Saturday. understand when you're not a comedian what's hard about a gig. Well, like, wh- let, let are- me explain it, and I don't think it'll be very hard for anybody to understand why this would be uh, hard. Uh, hard, yeah. <laughs> hard uh, is the most uh, go ahead popular word this morning. <laughs> this episode is brought. Oh my god. <laughs> so Friday's show was at this uh, festival that usually happens in March every year. I was booked to do it last year, and I was going to do an hour in French and an hour in English on two different nights. It's here in the Gatineau Valley. It's actually called the Gatineau Valley uh, Stage Arts Festival. It's the 12th annual. So It's a good festival. It's just like music and stage performances. So they asked me to do it last year. I was going to do an hour in, a, uh, in some kind of pub. And then an hour in French. Two separate nights. Great. Easy peasy. Bring it on. COVID happened. Then they pushed it back. It was canceled last year altogether. And then this year they decided they were going to do an an outdoor event because of COVID. So it went from a winter thing to indoor to outdoor summer things. Now, outdoor comedy shows usually aren't ideal. They can can be fun. But for the most part... They're more difficult. The laughs aren't contained. You don't hear people as much. It's usually bright. You know, um, the lighting, the sound. So many elements come into making a comedy show successful, and there's a lot of those missing, oftentimes in outdoor comedy shows. But again, they they can be fun. But you always kind of prepare yourself for the worst. So. That's for sure. This one on Friday, the concept of the festival, so they booked it when it was full of COVID restrictions. They they uh, scheduled it. And the way it was going to happen is three different stages, three different outdoor stages, with uh, three musical acts and me hosting. And the concept is you would buy a ticket to a show and you get assigned a stage and you stay there. You can't roam around because of COVID. So you had three different audiences at three different stages and kind of this rotating show. So band one would start on stage A, band two on stage B, band three on stage C. I would start hosting on stage one and then... We all move. We all kind of move from stage to stage. I don't know if I'm explaining it properly, but it is kind of confusing. It is a confusing concept for everyone involved, for the artists, the audience, for the audience. Well, the audience is like, okay, show up. Maybe that's part of the issue too. You know what I mean? Like when you're not even sure what's happening, like everything. There's so many elements. Like if it was straightforward, it might might have made it a bit. And that's better, the thing is, it's that it's like. It's it's weird for everyone. Even the organizers are like, we don't know. This is the first time we're doing this, right? And also the last time because next year they go. They're going back to March indoors in uh, in in venues and theaters around the area. So it's like th- you're not that invested in making it work successfully because yeah. you go, let's just get through it this year. We've got our grant money. Exactly. Everyone's paid up. Let's just get through it, and next year we're back to our what we know what like how to do indoor comedy festival or fest, uh, arts festival for we next year will be the 14th year so so no one's really invested in in making this or figuring out exactly how to do it and all these moving parts so i show up and i'm hosting the thing but i'm like how am i going to host for all three so i'm like already stressed 
I show up at six o'clock. It's full sun out. It's about to start at seven. So I'm like nervous. I'm like, where do I start? Where do I go? Nobody really knows. And so I'm hosting, and on and there's also this woman on stilts. I don't know how you what what, what you would call that a yeah. clown uh, on stilts. She was like dressed as a clown. It'd and be weird if she was just in a business suit on yeah. stilts. And uh, so she's to walk around, and then there's another guy on a unicycle. I wonder if those hurt your feet just like high heels do for women. Yeah, get ready for a boom boom. So she's walking around the grounds, and then there's that this guy. That would be my opening joke if I was doing stand-up there. Go. And then there was um, this other guy on a unicycle with, with uh, juggling. And the idea was that I would be hosting, and they would be at the other two stages kind of... Because you want to entertain the audience in between acts. Because when a, when a band goes from stage A to stage B, they then have to do a sound check and everything in front of the audience that's there waiting for them to... And I'm supposed to kill ta- time in between. Am I explaining it correctly? Sort of. Sort of. It's very layered. Layered. So I was um, a wreck when I showed up there. I was like, uh, trying to make the best out of it. You're trying to be positive. You're tr- like silver lining it. I'm like grateful. You gotta I'm, do it. I'm like, I'm grateful I'm working. I'm happy, uh, you know, to be back at it, performing in front of live people. But deep down, you know. Live people. Deep down, versus you know. dead people. <laughs> well, I mean, in person versus on the in computer. And, uh, <laughs> And so uh, I was so I was so stressed. So yeah, deep down you know it's gonna suck, and I'm just waiting for things to start. So they so they go all right. So you start at this this stage. You have to start at six forty five, fifteen minutes before it starts, so that the band can start at seven. They have a half hour. You go to the next stage, wait for the other band to finish there. Once they're done, you start killing time while the first band tears down all of their equipment, walks over to this stage. So I just have to kill time, basically, in between for the audience, while the audience waits for the next act to set up. And you don't understand killing time. Oh, no, it's... so Hearing that as a comedian in a parking lot or in an outdoor space or whatever, it's just... Way harder than you think, you guys. It is, and and I want to give a shout out to the to the uh, producers of this festival because they were great. They were like, the guy was like, I'm gonna. Tr-. He knew the guy that booked me on this. This wasn't gonna be a a fun fun walk time in for the me. Park, yeah, although it was actually literally a walk in the park. I'm and, just I'm just firing these out here. And then so uh, he's like, I'll try to I'll try to make it so that you don't like. My contract was three 15 minute sets to kill time for three 15 minutes. So. I start at the first stage, and it's in a parking lot. It's full daylight out, and pe- people are... The thing is, there's a main stage and a big show at like 9.30 or 10 o'clock that most people will come for that. These other three shows that I'm hosting are just kind of like filler until then. So there's not even a lot of people. They sold about... I don't know, 250 or 300 tickets, and there was only about 40 people divided up. Oh boy! Divided in between three stages. No, no, no. Like they could, and now there's no COVID restrictions whatsoever. There's absolutely nothing, so they could have just gone like, "We'll do one show. Everybody come enjoy." Because the first stage had like 13 people. The second stage, four. 
The third stage, like six people. So I start on the first stage at seven o'clock. We start a little bit late, so I start. And I'm like, I'm just going to make the best of it. And I realized that the longer you do stand-up, so it's been 15 years, you just get better at handling hell gigs. Because I'm on stage... I start talking to these people. There's just like sparsely spread out families in lawn chairs, couple kids running around. Very a lot of older people, their mid sixties, late sixties, just sitting there in lawn chairs. I'm like, all right, good. Hey everybody, you guys ready? No one introduces me or anything. I just kind of start. And they're nice, but it's still like ugh, I'm on stage. And but on the outside, everything looks fine. And I remember having the thought. Well, this is actually worst case scenario. And it's not that bad. So I'm like, you know, so that's that's what happens with doing it so long is you just get kind of better at uh, handling these hell gig situations. I think basically you have realistic expectations. At the longer you do it, the more you realize just like life, there's going to be days that it's ideal but those are few and far between. Many gigs are, and life is like that. It's like, it's just not, it's not people and people who organize events. Like I think most, many, many, many people, comics included in the beginning of your career, you think, oh, well, I'm just going to be performing in comedy clubs all the time. No, a lot of times you're oh not. Oh my God, I wished. I was I was longing for a comedy club. And so I'm on stage. So it's and not I, ideal environments, basically. No. And then organizers don't understand why. I remember one time I got booked on a gig, and they're like, um, "So it'll be in a restaurant. It's a revolving restaurant. So that's also weird." Like the audience is revolving, and the it's, stage isn't. No, it's like you know those restaurants that yeah, are at yeah. the top. What? I said, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but did you think that the audience actually was, or were you trying no, to be interested? No, no, for no, keep going. Oh. I was just actually, it was a dumb question. So I'd be set up, I'm like trying to break it down. And another thing you learn as a comic when you're booking your shows is you have to ask these questions. I made the mistake, and we, I think we've all done that, where you don't ask enough questions to really understand, to make sure that very obvious things need to be ticked off. Like, like now I, I ask very obvious questions. I mean, a lot of times you have an agent to do that for you, but if, sometimes you don't if you're just negotiating yourself. So this one, I was like, so um, I'll need very basic things. Like I'll need a microphone and a speaker and, you know, a bit of a platform if you have it. If not, it's not the most important thing. Lighting, if you can. All these things are actually super important. And then the person said to me, oh, yeah, you need a microphone, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And they're like, yeah, it's your crutch, right? It's your, it's your crutch? crutch? <laughs> no, it's a necessary tool, but some people think it's like an accessory. How like, would that be a crutch? Like, uh, like That makes you, no sense. Like you're um, an accessory. Like if you're not holding it, then you're not going to feel comfortable. But it's not about me feeling comfortable. It's about being able to... Um, execute the it's performance a minimum the job. it's a minimum yeah. requirement it's not even like it's like it's almost insulting that's a crutch screw you a crutch yeah like you need it to get by yeah yeah anyway so 
I'm on stage and there's like a few families in lawn chairs just in this parking lot sitting there and they're assigned to the stage. So I'm explaining how things are going to happen and all this and I'm then 10 minutes go by, then 15 and there's no band in sight. The band that's supposed to I'm supposed to introduce, they're not even around. 25 minutes, 30 minutes and I'm just seeing like these families sitting there and they're, again, they're nice, but it's like I'm working my ass off. I'm sweating, and just volunteers of the things are watching me, and oh I'm like, boy. I'm like, so I have no lifeline. Like I, I was looking at volunteers to be like, can someone like somehow kind of <laughs> fill me in on what's going on? Because I'm I've been up here for a half hour right now, oh and I'm, my god, and there's no band behind me, Nightmare. and they're supposed to start, and I can hear the other stages started, which means they'll be done. And I'll be ha- I'll have to kill st- time no, for the band no. that's supposed to be on here behind me. But by, by the time they finish to be at the, so I'm like, you're I'm a like, bigger fuck. person than me because I don't know if I would have done all that. It was crazy. And then so, 35 minutes, I see the the band walking up. I'm like, oh fuck, thank God. So then I'm like, you guys ready? They go three more minutes. I'm like, jeez. Oh, so I do about 40 minutes on this fir- the first stage, sweating. I'm like, okay, that's my time. Are you ready? I introduce the band. They start. And I'm just walking to the other stage. And I'm like, it's like I'm walking to the gallows to be to be hanged. I'm like, all you can hear is are my feet is on the is my feet on the gravel. And I'm like, or the gravel, what is it? Gravel? Yeah. And it's uh You wish you were on gravel. I know, I wish. I wished at that moment. And so I'm walking to the next one going like, Ugh. and that first stage had the biggest audience and it was like really hard. So I get to this other stage, this uh, musician is fit wrapping up his set and then I'm going to go on and I know I have to kill a lot of time because the band I introduced on the first stage is who I'm going to introduce on the second stage and they just started on the other one. But why couldn't you just say we're going to be starting and... Well, I don't know the concept was because that's what I was getting paid for. Were the because they were trying this rotating show thing, and they knew there'd be time in between, so they needed me to do stand up to to entertain the audience. But they were picturing like at least 150 people per stage, but there was like 13, six, and four. Like it was really low numbers, and you're outside in this big field, and it's just like <laughs> there's virtually no feedback. So then the, the guy finishes his thing, and I know they just started at the other stage, and I'm like, oh, here I go. I'm like, hey, everybody, all right, give it up for this, oh this guy. And now there's literally four people in lawn chairs just watching it, looking at, oh at me with smiles. God. And then I'm like, so I start talking, and I'm, I'm doing it in French, and then I notice this one person's not responding. They go, oh, no, we're English. And I rem- remembered, oh, yeah, this is a bilingual gig. So then I'm like doing a bilingual set for four people, well, it's three French and one English, per- and the English person doesn't understand French, so I'm really like, oh my so god, I'm like killing time. I'm sweating. Nightmare city. Yeah, and I know I have one more of these sets to do. So then, um, the band shows up. They start. S- so as soon as they show up, I'm like, okay, good, you guys are here. They go, yeah, but we have to set. Up. So they're just setting up behind me on this tiny stage, and I'm like. Doing stand up and crowd we work. Do for our money. And then that one finishes. I have to go to the third one. And now, but I got one of the organizers to tell the guy who's playing on stage, 
go along. You do more time. Like it's better that you, you just do a couple more songs. That's fifteen, you know, twelve, fifteen minutes. If you do three, four more songs, and then then I'll do let like you know, it's easier for you. Just he's playing piano, so someone told him so he's going on and on, like going much longer than normal. So then I started like relaxing and forgetting I had to go on again because oh, I, I felt like it was over because the oh. guy was playing and playing. He goes, and then the musician goes, all right, I'm going to do one more and then uh, and get out of here. And I'm like, oh, no, that's... And then the, one of the organizers looks at me, goes, okay, get ready. I'm like, oh, shit, I have to go up again. It was starting to get dark at this point. This Now the crowd is about 30 people at this stage. And I go up and I just kind of bomb again for... <laughs> For this one was my shortest set. It was about 15, 20 minutes. And then I'm on stage, and we've talked about him on the podcast a few times. I've written an article in the lowdown about uh, him. World famous MP Will Amos was there. Oh, no way. Yeah, so he walks walks up and sat in the thing, and I'm like, does he know that we've talked about him? And that like, because I I wrote a whole article in the lowdown about how we should be able to joke about it. About how it is funny. Will Amos, of course, the famous uh, Pontiac liberal member of parliament here. That Were there porta-potties there? Or? Exposed himself on uh, Zoom twice. That that rim shot was for your... Porta-potty? Yeah, not for the uh, twice. <laughs> yeah, anyway. And he made world headlines. So he was there. So I get off stage... And he's like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, hey, he goes, hey, uh, I just wanted to say I read that article and and uh, about the philosophies of comedy. I know, I wanted to tell you here on the show. This is the show ruins things now in life because I'm like, I want to tell you, but I'm like, I want your reaction in person. So I'm bombing and I'm about to wrap up and. doing crowd work there's a couple fun people but this show had a lot of kids and it's starting to get dark and i see will amos pull up like walk up and then kind of disappear and then i do a little back and forth with the sound tech and uh, i have a question i need to interrupt yeah when you see will amos and you're on stage and it's super awkward are you like oh fuck yeah everything i'm like i hate that because i and i have something else to say about like I know I'm interrupting you, but I want to say it because I'll forget. And you know where you're at, right? Yeah. In the story. So that's another thing after a while. I mean, some things you don't know how they're going to turn out. But there are some things I've actually said no to because I'm like, no matter what I do, I cannot look good <laughs> I in know. this situation. No matter what I do. And and uh, like there's um, a local gig that you can do around here. And I'm like, no, I know exactly what's going to happen. No. And I cannot. I It's not going to work. And and then, you know, my mom will pressure me and say, come on, I want to see you perform. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I get it. You but just I don't look good. There's no way there's of looking been, good. I've been doing this for years. And I know that this situation <laughs> is going to be really, really hard. And it's one of those things you do when you're starting out and you're cutting your teeth. Yeah. And you pay your dues. And you don't mind bombing because you need stage time. You need to thicken your skin. But I've been there. I know what this is. Oh, same. And when, when I was asked to do this, I knew 
this was like 10 months ago. I go, this is going to suck. It's going to be really hard. But it was so far in the future, it almost didn't seem real. I'm like, yeah. Also, when you need, not need, but want the money. Like, that's the other consideration. I I still say yes. I still say yes to things that have a high risk of making me look foolish if it's paying well enough. Yeah, it was good. That's good. Ever, it, it was a good pay because of the format of the festival before too. I want like I would I would do that fo- that festival again tomorrow if it was the old format of like March and inside like in community centers and bars and theaters. Mm-hmm. You do two show like e- that's easy, and that's how I was booked originally. So when they told me this new concept, and he was kind of spitballing on the phone too, like it wasn't really in stone he's like so uh here's what i'm thinking we do and he pitched this idea of this thing and three different sets 15 minutes do some crowd work do some hosting i was like yeah i'll do that it seems so far in the future but i remember having the conscious thought of like ugh, that's not that's gonna be a hard gig yeah and i said yes and it was it was hard i say bombing i mean not not, like people were having fun it was fine it's just like there's no momentum or these big waves of of uh, laughs and uh, and applause that you can get like in a club or whatever. Hey, Big wants to know if you did a fifty fifty tickets draw. I just wanted to ask that because he oh asked my, it a long oh time God, ago. Oh my God, no! I wish that would have yeah that would have killed time. I would have gladly done a fifty fifty ticket um, draw draw that would have killed like six to eight minutes. So yeah, so when I see him. Come up with Lemos. I'm like, ugh, and I, I'm all, and, and then I'm also like, oh shit! Th- like, has he read the articles oh, yeah. or ta- heard us talk about him on the podcast? Right. Um, and it must and be so, so hard for him right now because every time he sees someone, he's like, they're thinking of the pain. Oh, for sure. And um, so as soon as I got off stage, he, he like taps me. He's like, hey, Julian, can I talk to you? Because because the music now the band's like doing their sound check and it's loud, so we like go to this other place. And he's like, I read, I always read your articles in the lowdown. And uh, That's nice. he said the one about the philosophy, you got really philosophical about comedy and what we should laugh at and about that uh, you should be able to laugh at my my thing. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it was uncomfortable. But what did he look like in his face? Like, what, what was he? Oh, just, just friendly, just, just having like, a chat. What like, was your vibe when he was talking about it? Was he ashamed? Was he... Uh, vulnerable and just being human, like really down well, to earth and connecting with Yeah, you? yeah, exactly. Just well, that's like that. Nice. Yeah. And um I, I respect that. Just talking like normally and he goes, It's it's it is right. And like where where is the limit? Like because I wrote that article because uh, my editor said um call him reminder for next week and no jokes about Will Amos. I said, "Oh, why? Like joking?" I said, "Is he a sp- like? Does he get because he gets ads or something?" And she's like, "No, it's just it's just not funny." And I was like, "I yeah, of course it is funny. It's hilarious." He this was when he had his first incident. Uh, you know, he was naked on Zoom as an MP. It sucks. Someone leaked the photo, like a colleague. That that part is shitty, but it's still it's still funny, and we should be able to make jokes. So I, the article was about that. And so he said it was well written and and all this and then uh, you know because he stepped aside from his role for for a bit to seek help and then he talked about the second time so 
So, cause it, cause, and I'm like, wh- where do I go with this thing? Like, how do I talk to him? Obviously it's the first thing everybody thinks of. I mean, this was worldwide news, like naked on zoom. And then the second time he's peeing on in a cup on zoom. And so, you know, and he says like, how crazy the internet is like how, how you know everybody thinks everything and he had to step aside to seek help and when he says like to step aside to seek help what he's essentially meaning is like obviously something's wrong if this happens twice but not something wrong where some people were like oh he's got a fetish like he gets kicks off of this but something's wrong whether it's a mental lapse or or um a lack of uh, a judgment in a moment or or just uh, I thought he just needed zoom training well, that too, and that's that's kind of how. I'm joking, uh, I didn't think that. That's kind of how um, the conversation started when I was talking to him. <laughs> like, you know, he's like, "Thanks for doing this thing," and I was like, "Oh, no problem." And it was fun. You know, you always say it's a good time. And uh, then we started talking about Zoom and stuff. So it's so so over it. He's like, "Oh yeah, me too." <laughs> like, obviously, oh obviously, he's over it. And um, so yeah, he was just saying like how. You know, obviously something, and as I said, whether it's a mental lapse or or uh, just spinning too many plates or something, there's something that ha- there's that he's got to look at why this happened twice. I don't think it was intentional. Like I don't think he gets kicks off of it or kinks or. It could also be, but some people when, thought that. Like a lot of people think that still. Well, it's just it, you know what. It's it's just hard to believe anyone in their right mind who wants to keep their job would ever let anything like you'd think that you'd be so paranoid. Like I think one time I was on stage with my zipper down and I accidentally did that and then realized it quickly and tried to inconspicuously zip my pants up. But I cannot tell you how incredibly paranoid I am. I know I like that. It's supporting my, Oh, sorry. (laughs) Supporting my elbow because I got a weird situation. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> but I am over the top paranoid about checking my zipper every time I go on stage. Yeah. Like I can't stop because I'm so paranoid because it, cause it's happened before. It's just very strange that he... See, shit, I had a thing I wanted to say about that. Now it's gone because of the pillow your fault anyway no i just um the other thing i was gonna say shit go ahead <laughs> well if it that. comes up so anyway had a nice long chat with uh will amos and he's uh name dropper because he's so he's still mp but he just stepped aside of, from his role as uh something cabinet science something i don't know what oh, it was that's doing. what i was gonna say i was wondering if because when I used to be a server, and this happens in other areas of life, but it's an exact, it's just like it happens a lot in serving. You know, when things snowball? Yeah. Like maybe that's what happened. It's like Murphy's Law, that kind of thing happened. There's things, no way it was on purpose. Things happen in threes. Like whenever I would serve, okay, this is an analogy for life. Anytime I would serve a, a table and I would screw up and I would forget to bring them something that was pretty monumental for them. Uh, no matter, almost every single time, everything shitty would happen to that table after that. Yeah. Because it's like, it's snowballing. So maybe it's one of those things. 
Yeah, I really don't think he did it on purpose. Like for sure, but a lot of people do. They're like, "That's sick, fuck!" Like he just went on the second time. He got caught. He needs help because when he stepped down to seek help, people make that link. They go seek right. help. Then he want, but he meant like seek help because obviously something's, you know, um, whether I need to focus more. Or, you know what I mean? Like the, the like. Yeah, too overwhelmed. Yeah, or- overwhelmed. Something's obviously up when this happens twice. Right. Whether you boil it down to just a mental lapse, spinning too many plates, overwhelmed, multitasking, you know, you you do need to... Something's going on. You do need to step back and look at what's going on. And that's what, what he's doing. Like, And that's what he was explaining to me. He said, I'm, that's why I'm stepping back to be like, okay, how does this happen twice in my life? By accident, not... I seek help because I can't stop myself from whipping my dick out on Zoom in front of unsuspecting coworkers. Right. That's not. But people made that link when he's when he goes, "I'm stepping down to seek help." It's uh, people automatically go, "Sick fuck," right? You know. So, uh, but the whole and the whole time I'm talking to him, someone's taking pictures. Like his, his I don't know who, who he's with, but she's like, "Is it okay if I?" So I'm just like, I'm in a chat, and he's taking these pictures and so anyway that was friday's gig so then i get out i finish talk my conversation i get in the car and drive away and i was like oh my god okay that was um a hard night's work so then i was happy because did you ask will amos to be on the show yeah actually i did i did he goes so i am gonna do an interview he goes i just have to head it hit it head on it goes and it's it's embarrassing and but then it'll be it'll be passed exactly what i was saying on the podcast you just address it and then you it sucks for a while but you stand your ground then you move on then eventually it'll be it'll be water under the bridge so did he say he would do it no he said uh i said well if you want to come on the pod because yeah i'm gonna do some some interviews uh next week my first interviews back i said well if you want to be on the podcast we'd be glad to have you he said i would love to but it's it's got to be really controlled this thing when he comes back like this is worldwide news so he's going to give like one interview mm. to the Makes lowdown sense. and one interview to like a bigger media like tv and then that's it and then it'll be he goes i don't want to revisit it over and over and talk about it i'm going to do it once and then that's it and that makes sense um you know and i'm sure if you work with a pr firm or something they would tell you that they just do one public thing because then the more you do it, you're just revisiting and then you things can get... You should have said to him, yeah, that's true. Just put us on the map. But th- no, that's okay. Yeah. It's really nice talking to you. Yeah, No, no, that's you fine. You know what? Yeah. You know what, Will? Piss off. <laughs> Piss off. There's the bathroom, though, not publicly. I know you're overwhelmed. So that... Hey, so that Big, Big has another question. Your opinion, do you think you should continue being in politics or not? I think so. I think you messed up on Zoom t- during a pandemic when everyone's trying to figure it out. I don't know. I think, um, yeah, I think it's fine. Stay, stand your ground. People have done much worse things in o- and held office than uh, accidentally expose yourself on Zoom to coworkers. Of course, you should keep your job. Uh, absolutely. You don't step down for that. It's not like an act. Oh, what happened to the camera? I don't know. Oh, shit. What does it say? I don't know. Don't you? I don't know what just happened there. Are we still on? Are we yeah. still on? Yeah. 
Yeah, so... Oh. What? Not, not, uh... Oh, now we are. Oh, it just, like, turned off and on for some reason. I don't know what happened. That was weird. Really weird. Check, check. Say something. Hello, hello. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah, we're, everything's good. Okay. So, anyway, I was, um... So then I was like, you know what? I'm happy that gig ha- gig happened because it was gigged. See, I did it again. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that gig happened because on Saturday I was going to Saint Jean sur Richelieu to do a um, my first long corporate in person since the pandemic. So an hour at a golf club at a very exclusive high end uh, golf and country club for their members, and it's a corporate environment. So that already is. That gig on paper, I'm like, Ugh, whatever. That could that's could also be a potentially hard hour. But after doing Friday, I'm like, th- this Saturday gig is going to be a walk in the park. No pun intended. It's going to be easy, right? You're inside. It's all anyway. So I show up at this exclusive golf and country club. Um, very well off, very uh, high end people in this thing. Okay, high end people, <laughs> older people too, like. Much older crowd, rich, white, old people, basically. And uh, so I show up at this thing. Some younger tables, but it's like, okay, we're indoor corporate. So I'm like, cannot be worse than last night. And this is their second show at this place. They did it last time outside, which was really great. Like, they have a really nice setup, This, but it was going to rain. So the first time we're doing an indoor show. So there's a host that's going to go up and do 10 to 15 minutes, and then I'm going to do 45 to an hour after the host. He goes up. The room is kind of like a, a big cavernous room type thing. Already, again, a lot of strikes going against, but I'm like, it cannot be worse than last night. The host goes on stage, and he's an English comic, and the last time they did a show at this place... There, it was a bilingual show, but they said really that members are really French. So I was going to do just French. He goes, I'm not, I'm not going to do my stand up in English to translate in French. It doesn't work. So I'm just going to do crowd work in French, which is already difficult, especially in a corporate. And you're just going to do crowd work and bring me up. He goes up, starts talking. You should have heard the mic. It was like it sounded like it was like this. All right, hey everybody, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Uh, like that, exact, like distorted peaking spiking the levels so much so that a few speakers shut off so now you can barely hear anything we could just go all right but and it's nightmare and so he starts doing crowd work who he's like who won this thing so who won today what's going on hey who's and so then the back tables start just talking amongst amongst themselves (laughs) then everybody starts talking amongst themselves so he's on stage poor guy swinging for the fences and there's just nothing. There's just full chatter. The room is just loud. Like, people are just talking. He's in the corner going, You don't hear anything. You can't understand. And I'm in the back going like, Oh, shit. This is actually worse than last night. Last night, I had, like, sparse people sitting in parks. But they were listening. They were laughing. They were having a good time. It just wasn't, like, you know, the energy that... So, I'm like, Oh, shit. This is actually worse. And I can hear people... Worse than heckling, where they're shit talking, but amongst themselves, but not for not anyone else to hear. They're like, uh, you know, saying stuff about the comic on stage, but just Oof. amongst themselves in the Nightmare. back. And I'm like, oh shit. 
And I'm like, I cannot believe. So then he starts bringing me up. 15 minutes in, people are just talking. Like, he's like, all right, ladies and gentlemen. And it's like so distorted. You can't. He brings me up and I start scream. I'm screaming. I'm just like, can you guys hear me? And and so, and I, the, the trick was to have, keep the mic far away from your face, but it still cut out a bunch. How many people were there? About 120. Shit. So oh, I was no, going to say, if there was like less, you almost would be better off not using a mic. You, you couldn't not use a mic the way Shit. the room was. Lit. It was a big cavernous room, these big round banquet style seating tables, maybe 120 to 150 people. So it was like far deep, the room. I was picturing a small crowd because of COVID and stuff, like 30 people. So I was like, the, the, the gigs this weekend were all things I didn't know what to expect going in, like no clue. I think also one thing that maybe some comics don't realize, and I want to have, and I have spoken out before, as the headliner, the person who's following the comedian, there's a couple of things that really annoy me. If you do too much crowd work and not enough material, because if the crowd work kills, that's not good either. If it's too much crowd work, because then you have to go up and do 45 minutes of a lot of material. Yeah, you got to prime them so, how to act. Yeah, exactly. So so that and also when openers do too much time, because then by the time you get on, you're supposed to do your time, but then the audience is tired and that's just the way it is. Yeah. No matter what, if you're an experienced comedian, you can pull it off, but why? 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 Okay, so this was like, yeah. Harder? But the why crowd work, the crowd wasn't even listening to his crowd work because they couldn't understand oh, a thing. And it was like, so it was so loud and like, like distorted. You didn't, it was not only that you couldn't understand, it was unpleasant to, to be in the room. And so I go up and I just start swinging for the fences, and I'm, I I get them at first. I get them for the first three four minutes, a couple quick laughs, and then um, do a little crowd. Then it's going well. It's it's going fine. But you can again, the sound system sucks so bad, and it's like unpleasant to listen to. All of a sudden, I start losing them slowly and slowly, and then I'm in the middle of it. I've I'm at maybe about 25, 30 minutes in, and it's just complete silence at this point. I'm talking, I'm doing my act, and there's like, people are just staring at me for a good six, seven minutes, and I'm like, what's happening? A few people left, people start walking away, because the sound, Ugh. they couldn't understand or hear me, and it, then it was starting to be like, okay, I can't listen to this tinny, raspy, distorted screaming, so people just start leaving, and then I'm like, fully, fully bombing, in the like, started off good good first one and then it's complete silence and they're just staring at me and there's a guy in the front sleeping and i go what and then i snapped out of it i start it's i started like actually sleeping actually sleeping because they've been they've had a golf tournament all day yeah they've been drinking out in the sun all day they had a big dinner three course meal dessert after dessert it's us a loud, like, so they're like, what do we, like, can we go home? And so some people are just like, yeah, we're going to go home. And so now there's like 80 people left. And I go, what, okay, can you guys hear me? They go, yeah. I go, what's, what's, what's wrong? 
Like, I just snapped out. Of it. I, I was like, this, okay, I can't go down in flames. I've got to fix this. What? Down in flames. Because it made no sense. I'm doing material that works. I know, I know this material. And they're just staring as complete silence. I go, what's wrong? Like, what, what? I go, I know, I know this. And then I started getting them back. I started doing crowd work. And then got a few laughs and uh, got off. But it was one of the worst experiences ever. But that's where our uh, experience in doing it so long comes in because on stage you're going to have that moment where you go, oh, this is actually a worst case scenario. This is worse than yesterday. Terrible. And um, it's not that bad. Yeah. It's you like, live through it. You go, it's not that bad. But, oh my God, when he was on stage... I actually was like, what happens if I dro- go in my car right now? I walk out of this building, I get in my car and drive off. Like, I'll just do that. That was my my thinking for sure. I'm like, I would rather never talk to anyone associated with g- this gig ever again than go through this next hour. And like, sometimes there's nothing you can do about, like, if the sound system is like that, there's nothing you can do to fix it. It was brutal. So you have to just do it. It was brutal. And at the end, what was the organizer like coming? Did you go and try to talk to them? Yeah, yeah. Everyone was scrambling trying to fix it, and they were like, "We don't know why this isn't working." Next time that happens to me, because you know it's going to happen, I wonder if you should tell the organizer to go on between the comedians and just go. I'm really sorry about the sound. So they take responsibility for it and at least call the elephant out in the room. Yeah, it was. uh, It was crazy. No one could hear them say that it was so insane annoying. and then i uh, i got off stage and a, a bunch of tables came up and they're like you were great by the way we were with you we just couldn't hear or understand but we really like what we heard we liked oh and God. but it was so bizarre to be on stage and no i still had a good 20 minutes left Oof. and it's complete silence i was actually like Mid bit, I bailed. I go, what's wrong? What's what's going? On? What's going on? I was doing the airplane bit and the and, and just nothing, nothing. So I'm on stage dancing like a crazy person. Did you guys do a sound check, Wendy? Brought up a good yeah, they did a sound check during the day. They said it worked, but if it's different, if you do a sound check in an empty room, it's just because it was in the house system, like the speakers where they have they play ambient dinner music and stuff. That's where the thing came through and I've tried I've done those gigs before where you patch the a mic through to the restaurant system and it's going to happen every time it's going to short the system you need like a mixer and you need um, and then when you test it and you're like just talking soft spokenly like test test and you hear it in the speakers go it's working but put 130 or 50 people in there and where you have to project and talk much louder into the microphone it spikes and clips the top and so then it's uh, it sounds like shit. It was like that at Via Nord in Toronto when we did right. that Wednesday night. That I had to get a mixer and stuff because otherwise you just like get that. It was crazy. Wendy says it shows what a professional you are. It was uh, yeah. So there you go. I'm not a. I, I, I wasn't excited to. Uh, big says sound and lights are so important, but producers don't understand that. It's true. They don't. By the way, big. Which big? Big. Oh, okay. Big. Jonathan. Well, who, yeah. He's, how many bigs? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I call him big. So big because that's what you call him. Yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. It is big. But I, I was like, uh, and it is the only big I know, which is weird that I said which big. But, um, 
Because there was another Puff Mama. Remember, there's a Puff Mama intro, and you were like, Puff Mama. I was like, oh, is that the same one? You're like, no. So anyway. Um, but Big is a sound and light text. sound Texas. guy, right? Yeah. Because he said, it's always shit to put mic on the restaurant top speakers. Always, always. You need like an amp and a mixer. And he, and all put, he put an angry emo- uh, emoji face. Yes. So imagine, imagine having to do... So see someone that knows the industry. Exactly. So I had to do a... a uh, 45 minutes to an hour and holy shit it was brutal like when he was bringing me up i couldn't believe this was happening i go oh my god this is actually way worse than last night what are the chances people are chatting like crazy and corporates are already hard uh, exactly and he's like oh I'm gonna the toilet for him. and i'm like uh, oh fuck this is gonna suck man uh, in the crowd work i would start talking to them and they were just like resentful and yeah some guy was sleeping in the front I go, hey, oh, you, you all right? You awake? And he's like, oh, sorry. Anyway, it was just like brutal. Christina Walkinshaw is here, so let me uh, admit her. Okay, I have to uh, take a little okay, go ahead. pee break. Go but, do your- but welcome her, and I'll be right No, back. no, I'll go. Just go. Just do. Make it quick, if you could. <laughs> what do no? you think I'm going to do? Well, sometimes I don't oh, know. Oh, you know what? I think I'll go for an extra long pee today. Oh, pish. So that was my hell gig weekend. And those gigs are fine to do. It was just, what are the odds? Uh, well, not what are the odds, but uh, I couldn't believe those were my first gigs back after so many months off. Uh, you know, had had if we were in the f- thick of things and I had a good week of shows leading up to it, it would have been okay to digest. But uh, holy shit, that was a long two and a half hour drive back from uh, Saint-Jean on saturday night and uh anyway the world is opening up so hopefully we'll be uh doing more sh- more shows in more controlled environments that was record that was a record-breaking pish Thanks. all right so let's get her on let's get it on bud hold on let me uh admit her to the waiting room or from the waiting room oh what's going on here we're not sure. We're not sure. There it is. There we go. Let me uh, bring her in. Live and direct. Oh, I'm excited. Live and direct on a uh, Monday. Hey! There she is. Can you hear us? Oh, I can't hear you. Hello? Yeah. Oh, I did for a second. Is it on our end? Hold on. Are you muted? What was that? I wasn't oh, even there talking. Oh, there we go. Oh, <laughs> you weren't even talking. <laughs> That's why you couldn't hear me. I think I just wasn't talking yet. <laughs> Yay, Hey, There she is. Welcome. How are you? Um, I'm so good. How are you guys? Good. Happy to have you on the show again. Yay. It's so nice to be back in this uh, in the Zoom room. Happy, uh, happy 4th of July. Did you celebrate yesterday? I did a little bit. Like I didn't do anything that exciting, and I, I it was funny because remember, I was messaging you last night. And I was like, just yeah. so you know, it is the day after Fourth of July. <laughs> so, but I was literally home at nine thirty. Yeah, I didn't even think of that when I sent you a message. I'm like, all right, talk to you first thing tomorrow. You're so Canadian, Julian. A very Canadian. July fifth, but you know what? It's funny because like, well, like, I kind of went to this party where. I just, I, well, I don't know. I, I almost didn't go in the first place. Eric Marino was like, do you want to come to this party? It's going to be a bunch of comedians. They're going to barbecue at five and it's going to turn into a show at eight. 
And I, I was like, I, I, going to a party with a whole bunch of comedians that I don't know? That sounds awful. And was it? Was it all right? <laughs> I went for, I had one one drink and then I came home. But uh, You didn't stay for the show push, portion? You didn't get on? That's exactly when I left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was Is, like, oh, I'm not saying Was, was there like an audience? Time. The audience just was all the comics. Oh, no, 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 no. That yeah. happens a lot in New York. Yeah, yeah, it's like they just turn a party into a show, but it's all comedians and what? no real audience. But but also I got home and I didn't watch the fireworks here last last year. I went to like a neighbor's place, like down a few blocks, but I watched the fireworks by myself on my own patio and it was amazing. Like I was like, I'm an idiot. I should have people over to my house. Like I had a gorgeous view. The fireworks were amazing. It was great. Oh, it's nice. And is it... Uh... Like, because COVID's over there. So, so is it, was, how was the July 4th in New York? Was it almost back to normal or was it subdued? Like pretty much, yeah. Like I, you know, I kind of walked around, went to a few of my haunts, went for my run at McCarran Park, the huge, but yeah, no, everything's pretty much back to normal here. Oh yeah. We're, we're still, I mean, we're slowly, um, getting back to it, but we, so where do you live? Tell us where you live. Brooklyn, right? Yeah, I live in Williamsburg. Fun. Is that a Christmas uh, decoration on your... On sure your th- is. <laughs> do, you the, do you want me to turn on the lights? Yes. yes. Are you crazy? Of course. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. And that's that's my stuff. I, I mean, <laughs> if it was up to me, I, w- I, would, uh, I would leave Christmas decorations. I didn't realize you had to go upstairs. Yeah, that's involved. <laughs> Cute. Uh, yeah, there it is. I love it. Cute. It just keeps the apartment so festive, you know. Why yeah. not? Um, no, why not? I'm uh, <laughs> I'm I'm all for that. I would leave the Christmas tree up year round if I could. If it, if it wasn't if it wasn't so uh, frowned upon by society, I would leave it up. Yeah, no, the the Christmas decorations uh, that just and I actually have more lights up here too, and at night it just. Makes my apartment so cozy. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how um how have you uh how long have you been in New York now on this time? So I moved here March first, twenty twenty. Yeah. So yeah, I've been here over a year now. Like, what am I getting into the year and a half zone? I don't know. It's already July. Holy moly! Oh yeah. So you moved right at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, I got here just in time. <laughs> and so you saw you saw New York go through uh, like post-apocalyptic version of it, and it's fully oh, yeah. fully back. Like, how, are you doing a bunch of shows now? I'm starting to do shows. I actually have three shows this week, which is a great. That's a that's a good week. I'm still finding myself like, you know, like I like I still need to shift gears a little bit. Like I'm still. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, you guys haven't got there yet, but. It's like, okay, I've been home for so long and now this shift to like, okay, now I have to go out yeah, and do stuff. And it's like, oh, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, oh, now, you know, you, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, but you really have to force yourself to do it. And when you exactly. do, it's always worth it when you do it. It's, like uh, it was, yeah, it was almost like nice to have the year off because then you didn't put any pressure on yourself. Like, yeah. you, you know, all of a sudden the, the competitiveness of comedy you know, kind of went, all of a sudden there was like no show posters every five seconds on Instagram. And you're like, oh, this is great. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now they're back. And now I feel like a loser again. 
I know there was something I agree. There was something nice with the time off, but yeah. but I it, the the process of getting back into it. How have you found that? I feel like I'm at an age now where I'm like not good at asking for things. Like right. I want to be like, pick me, pick me. I want to do your show. I want to do your show. And the sad part is I'm not going to get any shows unless I ask for shows. It's really but, annoying. You have to do that kind of stuff. Like yeah. you just have to. I know. Same. same. I, I, well, when we lived there, it was, it's, it's challenging to not just an age, but also at an experience level. Cause we've been doing stand up yeah. a long time. You're very established yeah. in Canada as you know, the whole thing that I went through the whole thing when, when we moved to New York, uh, I've been doing stand up at that point, 10 years, 12 years. And then all of a sudden, you know, you got to go out and still show up at these clubs and just be there. Yeah. And, and, it, and you don't really want to do that as much. And I mean, ju- that's the bottom line. And just asking, like asking when you see comics that get a lot of, st- a lot of stuff, oftentimes it's because they ask. That's true. Um, and it's the, the part that most of us don't want to, to do. Like mm-hmm. I actually I'll take a, a Kyle Brown rig out of Ottawa originally. Now he's in Toronto. Um, he got so much stuff. Like he's always doing festivals and stuff. And I asked him like, what do you think uh, it is? He goes, I ask, I literally submit every year. I'm like, yeah. like squeaky wheel. Like, it's not just like by, they don't just sh- ask you. You have to actually put yourself Why do out you there. Use him as an example. I told you that I do that. I did that too. Yeah, I know. Uh, 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 uh. I don't know. I love. Oh, I love it. I mean, usually I just listen to the lovers' quarrels on your uh, podcast. Now I can just see them uh, live. Part of it, you could yeah. be like our therapist. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I can. Inter- oh my god, that would be the best. Can I please be your th- your couple's therapist? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And how did that make you feel, Jen? And how did that yeah. make you feel? Yeah. You. you Jen, get- do you know that you live with your very own Kyle Brownrig? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's funny is I I've always said that because I I submitted myself every single year to like the Halifax Comedy Festival and whatever and and it's so easy. I know a lot of comics are like can and and I'm, people do it all the time. You compare compare or you say. Well, I didn't get that. Why did they get that? And it's like, well, sometimes it's just, it's a squeaky wheel thing. It is. And yeah. in New York, is it still that thing where when you move there, you have to just hang out a lot? I mean, I guess so. I, I don't even know. Like, like I've been hanging out a little bit at the comic strip live, the one on the Upper East Side. Like whenever I have, whenever Allie Brain's on the show, I always go and hang out and, uh, and so I did email that booker. She gave me his email and I briefly met him like kind of quietly in the back of the room. Um, but I sent him an email and then I fucking got locked out of that email for like a week and I didn't know. And I was Why? so mad. What do you mean? I got locked out of the email. I just like the storage was full. Oh, oh no. I didn't even know that could happen with Gmail, but I didn't know I'm that either. Capable of having an over full email. I just, I'm one of these people. I, I'm bad. Like, you know, I, I, this drives people nuts and they see uh, how many unread, uh, 4,260. What's going on? How is that possible? Well, Jen, what's yours? Mine is worse. No, I can't even, I, that, that, uh, that keeps me up at night. Like if I, I know, I know some people hate that. They, it drives them nuts and they see it on my phone. They're like, Oh my God, what is that? My phone Mine gets to nine. and 7,810. How? I don't know. What happens in it your life? happens. So I, yeah, so I messed up. So I emailed a couple bookers 
And then that happened to my Gmail account. I was so I missed a comedy juice spot at Gotham, which is actually a great. I mean, I'm still getting it. I'm just getting it later. Yeah, you know, it's coming up. But oh, I had to email everybody again, and the the comedy juice guy got right back to me. He's like, "Oh, I did try, and uh, yeah, you're right. It did bounce back." Oh, and, nightmare! And it's so annoying to to be in that situation because you want to be like, "Trust me, this this is." This is actually, I'm actually telling the truth. This is yeah. real. Because <laughs> that can also be just a tactic to follow up. Like, hey, oh, my email That's was... That's true. My email was backed up. So I'm just checking to see if you had... To, it could just be a tactic, but you want to be like, no, this is actually real. I hate to have to do this, but uh, did you uh, try to contact me in the last week? Or? Yeah, I know. Uh, oh, man. Well, that's yeah, that's the other thing. I think that... And I don't know if this is... you know. Well, I know you've been doing this show for a long time because I remember doing your show at the lemon press studios in toronto yeah yeah he took a long break in between too though yeah yeah there was like i think that projects like this and you know i'm similar with my blog and now i'm transcribing my blogs into like a you know a story podcast which i i just released on spotify like last week i think that because i'm so bad at the asking for like show part yeah my career right now asking for things um, which again, I know you have to do. Even when I read all my self-help manifest books, they're like, oh, you need to ask the universe for what you want if you want to get it. Like, But um, because I'm so bad, sorry, I'm. this is the way I tell a story at eight in the morning. It's terrible. <laughs> so I'm going to finish this story in 20 minutes. No, take oh. your time. We've got all day. We're going to talk about eight other things and then I'm going to finish <laughs> what I'm saying right now. Okay, uh, no. Um, but I think that's why I start all these like, it, like independent projects, like things that I can do on my own. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. my blog. Yeah. Like I like, cause I don't have to ask anybody to do it. I just like do it and then post it. There is, yeah, there are these elements that we we're in control of and it's, it's uh, also rewarding to work on those things. Cause you know, no one can take them away from you no matter what. Mm-hmm. You're a great, great writer and you've been blogging for ever. I mean, um, what, uh, that is such a good idea to to turn it into a story podcast because those are extremely popular and uh Oh my god, please yes, definitely. My my co- I was telling my cousin about you and I said cuz she's she's single, I think it's such a good time to do that now too because a lot of people going through this pandemic who were single couldn't actually meet anybody. So she's been single for a bit and she's doing the online thing and, and people, and she's nervous and she's like, I don't know how to meet people. You know, it's like, it's this thing. And then I said, my friend went on, was it 50? Did it start off as 50? It started off as 50. And then I took a break and then I started dating again. So I was like, I might as well blog again. I think I got up to like 76 or something. I almost said, we're referring to 50. She started off. Christina Walkinshaw did this 50 for uh, 50 Tinder dates. Yeah, I went on 50 right? first dates. 50 I went on 50 first, first dates because of the movie title. 50 first dates on, on Tinder. And my friend was like, or my cousin lit up when, when I said that. She's like, what? Oh, I bet you I would love that. Me and my friends, because she has friends that are single too. And they're, you know, dealing with that. They want to meet someone, but they don't know how to meet someone. And they're freaked out by online. And like, and, and meeting people through Tinder is just like, oh, anyway. it was Now great. I feel like dating like online dating is so there's not even a stigma behind it like it's so normal now it's scarier for some people not for me to just like go out and just try to meet people yeah in real life now that's how i I don't even go on dating apps anymore like i went on 
it, when I was in Lake Tahoe, just because I was on a time crunch, you know. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, because when when did you do that? That was years ago. That was like 2013. So what? it was it was new. Like Tinder was brand new. It was brand new. I didn't even know what it was. I was just like, oh, it's like hot or not meets grinder for straight people. Yeah. So you know. But no, the one that I'm transcribing right now is like my new blog. It's taking a long time to become famous, mm-hmm. which is basically just me drafting a memoir about my 23 years in stand-up. And I'm at 20 chapters in the written blog, but like, you know, nobody reads, you know, like nobody, it's a TikTok world right now. So I was like, I'm going to transcribe these blogs into a podcast. That's brilliant. And yeah. Just like, I don't know if you guys listen to... I don't know, I'm trying to think of a kind of storytelling. I guess I listen to like to live in, or to live and die in LA. Like that's a good one. But I, I like these kind of storytelling podcasts. It's like an audiobook, really. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. Just me reading my own shit. And you, you release it. Not tell that I wrote it, by the way. It takes me like, th- like I delete 30 files trying to like make the first one. Right, it's just right. me yeah. reading my own writing. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's blowing my mind. I'm stumbling. I'm like, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> and um, what, uh, so are you going to release them like one chapter a week sort of thing? Or I think every blog, sorry, every podcast is going to be two blogs. Okay. And that works out to about half an hour. So half an hour podcast. I think that's good. There's a little bit of babbling, a little bit of ad-libbing. That's great. It's you- perfect. And well, that's the thing with podcasts. You can do absolutely anything. But uh, storytelling podcasts are extremely popular. And you kind of, it's better than an audio book because you're releasing them episodically. So you're kind of always talked about and like there's always this consistent buzz like throughout and it can grow rather than releasing it all at once. That's true. Yeah. yeah no, and, and can we just mention that uh, when we say that Christine is a good writer, that it is, you're, you're really good at it. And you got all that attention when you did your, and I know that you're not doing your uh, 51st dates as your podcast. However, I need to mention this so people understand that we're not just saying this because you're our friend. You got a lot of attention uh, for your writing in Toronto. You were on the cover of the Entertainment Weekly newspaper there now magazine yeah yeah, like a big deal that was a big deal and you also got approached for doing potential tv show based on your blog that's how popular it was like how many how many readers did you have how many followers did you have back oh yeah my peak i had like forty thousand readers yeah yeah, i got offered a reality show with mtv canada and i didn't do it and sometimes as i'm laying around staring at my bank balance (laughs) it's the biggest regret of my life (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to do a written show. You know, my dream was to like have yeah. a scripted show and not to turn my life into a circus. Like I never really thought about being a reality star before. Yeah. I mean, and there was also other conditions to the contract that were very, there were so many and, variables yeah. and I did get another offer that I did take. It's just like, it never, you know, it was one of these things that got optioned. It just never got off the ground. Like, what yeah. was that? What was that initial concept of the show? What, what kind of reality show? Like where they would just kind of yeah, follow you around? They were just going to take me on my dates. Just like follow me around on my dates. So straight up reality show. Yeah. And I, it was kind of scary because I'm like, what if I'm an idiot? Like in real life and I don't know. You know what, I mean? <laughs> what if you, would you ever consider doing it again and having like a hidden camera and then afterwards asking the dates 
if they'd be willing to sign off because so many people desperately want to be famous anyway. So like probably most people would be like, sure. And I know you're not interested really in doing the dating anymore, but like it, that could have worked too. Right. And then you'd be in control of how you released it. I don't know. Yeah, I did. Like, I did feel like the reality show would obviously like change the quality of the blogs. Like it would change everything. It would change who wants to go on a date with me. Yeah. And then I might actually be losing out on good people that I do want to meet. Yeah. Because they want to be on TV. Like, right. I was I was pretty integral. I just regret that now. Hey, can I ask you this? And I know, Jules, sorry for interrupting. But, no, I don't. Um, one thing I really admire about your writing, um, and, and in fact, when I've told people some of the stories that you've told, you're brutally honest. And we talked to Aaron Berg recently. And, and I listened. I, oh, did you? Okay. And so you guys both sort of, you both have a shared quality of not giving two shits what people think of you. You, you do care. I know you, cause, cause you're like a sister to me. You're going to be a bridesmaid in the wedding, in our wedding. And, yes, I'm um, so excited. and we started doing stand up together. A lot of people think we're sisters when we're out. I have a whole joke about that. Um, and I know you on a personal level and I know you do care what people think of you in a way that's like, um, in a kind way, like you don't want people yeah. to think you're a bitch ever. And you do us, you're se- more sensitive than people would think. However, you have that, um, don't give a shit in the right place when it comes to writing and creating, like you don't care about making yourself look vulnerable or you don't mind burping in front of people. You'll tell true, honest stuff about your dates and embarrassing things. And you don't care what, how do you think you've always been like that? How do you access that? Do you have to process it before you go? Do you say to yourself, okay, Christina, be ballsy here, or do you just do it? Like, does it come natural or what? I think that, well, a, I do feel like being like your most honest self is a really magical way of connecting with people. Cause even if you're really embarrassed about something that happens to you, you know, it's like, oh, somebody else has probably been through that too. And then it almost like takes away some of the shame on them too by us coming together and being like, oh my God, I, that's the way I felt too. Or that's something I like too. Or this is what's up with my body too. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's, it kind of normalizes everything. I mean, you're super honest about embarrassing things. Do you have to talk yourself into doing it or does it come natural and you're like, I don't care? I think in my writing, it just does come out. Cause you know what I mean? When you're writing, it's just like you and your, you know, and your thoughts. And again, I used to write like nobody was going to read it. Right. And now I'm writing and and nobody's reading it. So, (laughs) so, (laughs) so like what was one of the, was there one of your 50 first dates and I'm just, or any of your most recent blogs that you have written that you were like, God send. Oh God. I actually did that. There was one on this series I wrote, uh, um, you know, because I feel like right now we're living in a big, like, women support women culture. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you and I were, you know, I obviously said a million nice things about you in my blog, but Thank I you. don't think we really came up in a women support women world. Mm-mm. Like, I feel like, and I'm not even talking about comedy. I'm talking about, like, life in general, yeah. like the way women treated each other. Like yeah. the word caddy has obviously been in my vocabulary for a long time for a reason. Like, yeah, 
Do you know what I mean? So totally. then I kind of, I wrote a bunch of stories about, you're you know, so not comics. catty though. You're not like, well, I'm always supportive and I love everyone. And yeah, I'm so it's true. proud of so many people that came after me and I'm so happy. I got to connect with them when they were like open micers and now they're like, you know, ahead of me, like, <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, I was never like that. But anyways, in that blog, I kind of, you know, I, I just told a lot of stories about women bullying me. You know what I mean? About shitty times. And then I felt bad because I'm like, that was when I was a little bit scared to post. Cause did, I was like, you know, did you name, I, like, name I'm people? not saying I, you know, I, I'm just like, no, like I, I can't tell you that I kind of came up in this women support women world. I'm a part of it and I do support women for sure. I'm, you know, but I don't know. That was a hard one to write. Cause it's like, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> women don't always support women. Just so you know, like yeah yeah well like you said it's especially in recent years but it has certainly hasn't always been the case yeah i grew up with four sisters i get where it comes from because you know if nobody's booking women like women on shows and there's always like one spot for a woman you know you've kind of created a competitive you know field do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah a hundred percent so what do you yeah anyways it's, I mean, it's getting better now. It is so crazy how many people complain. Like, you know, there's always like a lot of things on Twitter. People are like, these clubs aren't booking women. These clubs are, you know what I mean? But then sometimes when I look back, I go, well, how many women were there doing right. comedy either? Mm-hmm. There were, I don't even think there were enough women to go around. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's it's a tough one. Totally. I mean, we, as, a, as a female comic, you get asked these kind of questions all the time, and, and, and it's great to talk about, but on the other hand, when you draw too much attention to it, it draws, it, it, it puts a spotlight on how we're different. When we don't talk about different, then we can all just be humans doing comedy. So it's like exactly. this thing that, like, do we bring it up? We need to bring it up because there's sexism, and there definitely is. It's definitely still there. But then you talk about it too much, then it's you're showing how different you are. So it's like, ugh, it's like this never-ending thing. And I know, yeah. I know you're like me. I know you are because we started together. And I know that, like, you, I know you never thought about yourself as a woman doing comedy. You just thought of yourself as a human doing comedy. Like, yeah, totally. It's just so weird. And um, yeah, and uh, I don't know. We get things more things maybe because we're women and they want to check the boxes, which is great. And I don't like that. I know. Like I remember when I got into a comedy festival competition years ago and I remember when I got in, he said, I really need a woman. I know. And I was like, that's not a compliment to me. That doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm just checking a box. I want to get something cause I'm funny, not cause I'm yeah. a woman. I know. It's so frustrating. And yeah. So it's like, it, yeah, you're right. So that's the cat. Like that's the catch. And it's, it, yeah, there was like, oh, oh, you know, you have to have more women on the show. But if you get that and you got it because you're a woman and not because you're funny, it's not going to make you feel good. At least right. if you're and, and good a good comic. Pe- a lot of people say, well, a lot, there's not a lot of f- funny women. But, of course, one of the reasons that you're not going to see as many, quote unquote, funny women is because there's not as many women doing stand up. Therefore, the r- the ratio of people like if you did the comparison, but people and then and then when people then when you try to explain it, it's like they've zoned out. It's like, they're not listening. It's like, yeah, but really it's just numbers. It's a numbers game. People are Ah. just, they're just ignorant. Like people don't know. And it's, it shows how ignorant they are because they tell you to your face. Like that the guy was said to you, 
said to you, and it didn't cross his mind that he shouldn't right. uh, say that out loud, but he would say to your face, I really needed a woman. That just goes to show how ignorant people are or people yeah. will come up to you to your face and say, women will say, I don't usually like women comedians. This is just okay to just say it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Which is bizarre. Yeah. It's so it's funny weird. because like, maybe that's why I was running out of that party yesterday because sometimes I don't like, it's ironic because I know we we're talking about comedy right now. But sometimes I don't want to talk about comedy politics. I want to talk about other th- like yes, life. Yes, yes. I want to make I want to make jokes. I don't want to fucking talk about them. Do you exactly. know what I mean? Like a hundred percent. Well, which is why I, I, we don't have many like comedian friends. I say we, the collective we, but I, I I don't like I. And the ones that I do are the ones that you just talk about life when you hang out with. It's just like. Mm-hmm. As, if I go, hey, how's it going? Oh, good. Uh, showcase for Just for Laugh. You lost me right away. If you go into exactly. your... Exactly. Bu- the you- people that need to gun it for like, oh, this club. Like, and I'm just like, oh, I'm so annoyed. Like, I, I could play that game too. You know, I've been doing comedy for 23 yeah. years. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to. I'm going to be like, yeah. Like, no, I know. That was the other thing, Jen, to loop back around to your episode with Aaron. Um, again, to all these people that really think they understand the comedy world and, and they want to, you know, like when you're right, when you were going through that thing, you know, your, your heckling incident. Yeah. And then all those younger comics were trying to, you didn't, I get it. You were like, I, I'm done. I'm done here. Like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I, I felt the same way. Like when I had my thing happen, yeah. I wrote that blog. I literally turned off my phone and went to sleep at like one o'clock in the afternoon. I was yeah. like, I, I need to check out. But yeah, some some of the younger generation, they just like, came in without even having the experience of really being a, a good, like a comic. Yeah. And they all of a sudden thought they knew everything about the industry and you know, what was wrong with it. I'm like, you need to work on your material before you speak it's out. So, yeah. It's, and I don't want to be that like, spokesperson. You know, I don't want to be material yeah. comes second. Now it's like, uh, it's the, true. They, they focus on the inner workings of how everything, but no one's writing anything. It's, and I think yeah. that comes from all the Facebook groups. Like every city has like, like a, that city standup group. So many, so much wasted time and energy on those things. And people just don't yeah. write jokes anymore. And it becomes, yeah, like younger comics want to capitalize on these opportunities because they know that'll get them further than writing a good joke for some reason. Like it's just yeah, like it's so true. It's like it seems like today all you really need to do to become a comedian is take a picture of yourself with a microphone in your hand and put it on Facebook, and you're yeah. a comedian. Meanwhile, I had to fucking go to Cornwall for one hundred and fifty dollars and perform for a bunch of drunk people yeah. at Freddy's. Yeah. That's how I became a comedian. I got fed to the dogs. The yeah. wolves. Yeah. Many yeah. times, many, 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 many times for many years. Like that's how. That's the only way to to. Uh, it's crazy. We chose this. It's, it's crazy. insane. I know. Sometimes, sometimes I do. I feel like that. Sometimes I'm like, oh my god, I'm trapped in the dream of my 18 year old self. Yeah. <laughs> and trapped is a good word because what are we gonna do now? You know, like what are we uh, gonna do now? Yeah. It's like even if I gave up, it would look the exact same. I like, know. <laughs> I'd still be going. And I'll be like, I'll do your show. And I thought you, yeah. I gave up last week, but I guess I got a gig, so I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> but you can, I, I often think of that, like you can never stop. Like, because if you, well, for me personally, if I was to ever quit comedy, forever I'd be like, oh, it could have, ha- like something could have happened by now. Like I won, like f- if I quit now in five years, I'd be like, I wonder what would that look like if I'd have just kept at it for now. And that will always be there forever. So you just oh, yeah. can't stop. Okay, so That's in an effort true. to like, Go in a different direction just for a second. Your personal life in New York. Have you met new friends? I know you're very good with people. You're the type of person that can sit at a bar 
and just start chatting with people and become friends. So have you made a lot of friends? Have you hooked up with anyone? Have you been nervous about hooking up with anyone because you're it's COVID? What's the vibe out there? Uh, oh, I'm giving out my phone number once a day. Like, nice. <laughs> you're right. I'm having a lot of a it's, you know, it was a long time where we weren't allowed to sit at a bar. You know, I'm a bar fly. I do mm-hmm. like to if I go out. It's because I want to meet people. Do you know what I mean? So I sit at the bar and uh, yeah, I'm always meeting people. I mean, I was so but yeah, I, I do have. I don't know. I don't want to say it's a love life. I'm going to say it's more of a roster. Oh, but, okay. <laughs> a roster. I dating. Thanks. I know. <laughs> you know, I mean, back to that Tinder blog. I've always been a, a strong um, anti-slut shaming kind of. Uh, <laughs> Is uh, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Why um, are women sluts if they. It's coming out of the sex? pandemic, making people more, um, uh, for lack of a better word, aggressive, meaning like just going for it, approaching oh, yeah. more. That's a good question. Be- because they've been, everyone's been cooped, cooped up, up for so yeah. long. Are people more just hitting on people, right? Like, yeah, out in the I open? think everybody's, even if they're, I mean, there's obviously some aggressive people, but everybody does seem like extremely friendly. Right. Everybody, everyone's there, horny. Of, <laughs> everybody is ready to meet people. Like, it, it's really friendly here right now. So, yeah, like, whatever. I go on some dates sometimes and then I, you know, I got, I got like guy here, guy there. <laughs> like a few, like. Do you ask them if they're double vaxxed or no? I feel like, every, oh yeah. I feel like everybody here is vaxxed. Everyone. Sure. Yeah. Everyone. I, do you I even be, ask or you just assume at this point? I just assume. Yeah. In fact, I, I, like I'm There's almost. There's a checklist now, right? Okay. Okay. Have you had your vaccine? Do you have your condoms? Like. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, that now I'm at the point where I'm almost offended if somebody asks me if I'm vaccinated. <laughs> oh, nice. right. okay. Like, obviously, yeah. what kind of yeah. idiot do I look like? Yeah, yeah, right. I know. I and, then, like a- and then do you ever meet anyone there? Because this happened to me. I had a convo with someone who seemed like, you know, someone I'd hang out with. We have a lot in common. The person seemed cool. And then the vaccine came up and it was very divisive. And have you met anybody in this, in this, the U S that's like that? And does it surprise you? Like I was shocked when that happened. They were like, no, I disagree with the vaccination. I was like, you know, I have a very good friend who, you know, okay. And I'm not even going to say who I'm going to say gender because I'm so 2021. No problem. But them does not <laughs> have the vaccine yet and is still weary. Wow. Doesn't want it. And you know what? Guess what I say? Your body, your choice. Yeah, personal choice. Yeah, personal choice. What you believe, whatever you believe. And you know what? I'm all right. I'm taking care of myself. I feel I got the vax. I had zero side effects, except I got the Johnson & Johnson. Yeah, I remember <laughs> this. Yeah. I know, which is basically like everybody looks at you like you went to winners it's to get your <laughs> winners. Do you do that in your act? You should do that. Well, in America, I say TJ Maxx, but I converted the joke for you. Is, is TJ Maxx the same as winners there? Like basically. Oh, yeah, like okay. a discount oh my God, that's store. a great joke. And you said another joke to me the other day that was really funny. But here's too. the thing. Anyways, go oh, ahead. Oh, yeah. But the only side effect that I had. Um, so the day after I got the Johnson & Johnson, they halted the use of it. Oh my god! The day after, so like my only 
side effect was paranoia. Of course. Grabbing my head for two weeks. Like, is it okay? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Is everything okay up there? And <laughs> like, you don't know. And it's in there. There's something about a vaccine. It's just so deeply in there. Like, it's just in your body. It's everywhere. It, like, yeah. goes in and it goes everywhere. It's like you can't, like, puke it up or... or is Shit Johnson it out. and Johnson like uh, uh, the AstraZeneca? Is that the same idea, same concept of a vaccine? What, like this, that the blood clot situation? I think so, eh? It, well, yeah, but it was like one in seven million. I think there was like, it was sorry, low. It was like seven cases in like seven million. or something. It was really low. So but much lower than AstraZeneca. Much, much lower. Yeah. And Johnson & Johnson was the one dose. Why'd they pull it then? Like Because of those few cases. Why'd and then it was stupid. back on the market and like two weeks or whatever but even when people were worried about that you know everybody's like you married john johnson and johnson i was like have you seen what i put in my body yeah. have you seen who i put in my body yeah <laughs> yeah there's a guy on my facebook who there's a guy on my facebook who um constantly posts about how the vaccine uh, will kill you and the guy smokes no joke a pack and a half a day yeah Oh yeah, like, that, <laughs> it's always people like that. That fucking thing will kill you, man. It's it's full of toxins. It's full of chemicals. I'm like, you smoke 38 Benson and Hedges a day. <laughs> oh my god. And don't you think like, um, oh shit, I hate it when you're about to say something. Yeah, but it's also annoying because it's like now, okay, when when the cons- early vaccine, when the vaccine came out in November, conspiracy theories, fine. Let, but now almost everyone's got the va- got the vaccine. So if you're out, like this guy's like, it's going to kill you. It's going to give you cancer. And he goes, my parents got it. But still, it's it's like, well, a lot of people you know and love got it. So just shut the fuck up. I mean, what's the point? Do you want to be right? I mean, who cares? I mean, you, just, oh, that's what I was going to say. Do you think this is all just a ploy because people are afraid of needles? Like, why do they care so much? <laughs> Seriously, yeah. like doctors, doctors and science. I don't understand. I, I really don't get it. Anyway. I think it's because of social media. I feel like back in the day when the polio vaccine came in, people really like celebrated that. They were like, yay, finally, we have something to protect us and our children. I wonder if and everyone did. I'm sure not everyone did. I bet you there were less conspiracy theorists. Yeah, though. less for sure because there it's was no the, internet. But. Yeah, it's the social media yeah. and internet and everything. Oh, Have That's you been... So uh, so annoying. I felt emotional after I got my vaccine. I was like, I felt like it was the beginning of the end. You yeah. know what I mean? I was yeah. like, oh my God, we're really coming out of this. Like, I, yeah, it felt I, great. I wish they kept the Johnson & Johnson going, actually, because single dose, that's the best. It makes so much sense. This double dose thing. And yeah. aren't your guys' doses like spread out over like three months or whatever? No, like, they're sped up, but still, yeah. Where are you guys at? Are you guys both have both your shots? Julian's Full going today for his second. Vaxxed and waxed. Ready and for hot boy summer. Hot boy I'm summer. just vaxxed and vaxxed. Hot There's boy summer. Vaxxed and vaxxed. <laughs> I'm an anti-waxer. <laughs> oh, that's I love funny. it. Can you pass me Kleenex, please? Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I, I, I had my second one on Friday. So. And how uh, do you feel? Um, I felt like uh, on Saturday, the next day, I felt like I had the flu, basically. But yeah. it wasn't crazy. Like I had that skin crawling feeling and like chills and really sore shoulder for... I did have a sore Oof. arm. That would be the only thing I, I did yeah. go through. But whatever. It's a small price to pay to, to feel invincible. Yeah. No, I just felt paranoid. <laughs> oh, like, that would be... Yeah. 
I would. Uh, yeah, that's well, crazy. Your body and it just got recalled. <laughs> <Do you know? laughs> it's so true. I but you. Oh <laughs> my god. I, you're right. Like a, a recall. You're like. You mean to tell me I've been driving and my airbags could blow at any time? But this is like inside your body at a deep, deep level. (laughs) And you're also like in the U.S. You're in the U.S. You're a new person in New York and you're in an apartment by yourself seeing this news. And you're like, oh, oh God. Oh, God. So true. You know, like I always think that, too. I'm like, oh, my God. What if something did happen? Like. I'm gonna call my neighbor and hope he's awake. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's like looks like. It. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and also you you posted something I remember that I thought was really great too, was that the blood clots you could you the risk of blood clots with uh, birth control and all that like the pill, exactly the pill is way higher yeah. and yeah, way higher. That's another thing that I don't know if you experienced this, but like, um. My period went on the fritz too after the vaccine. Yeah. Like during the pandemic, um, sorry, Julian, to turn this into a no, please. woman talk. No. Uh, How was your period, the- Julian? <laughs> <laughs> Heavy. Heavy flow? Yeah. During the pandemic, like that first month of lockdown, when I literally didn't leave this apartment, the thing about it, like I do, I'm a big believer in pheromones, right? Like, you know, how women mm-hmm. can like sync up and stuff like that. Definitely. I went a whole cycle without getting a period like i was 28 days late i was yeah. basically like blanked a whole month so then my my period was like really late and all over the place choppy then i got the vaccine and i started to get my period every two and a half weeks like it sped up i was getting it more and it was so weird i was like what the hell and now it seems to be back on schedule but i wonder when they are making these vaccines i really don't think they factor in right like they, i don't think they do any tests on specifically what it could do to like your your period and like a woman's menstrual cycle, because I'm sure there's gotta be some side effects that aren't even tested. They're like, whatever, whatever happens to that, who cares? Like some women are worried, like, you know, the, you know, those women, Christina, I know it's hard to wrap your head around that actually that are trying to get pregnant one day, or maybe want to get pregnant. (laughs) You're like, what? (laughs) 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 Cause you and I have never wanted to have kids, but some people actually, here's a newsflash. Some people want kids. No, I know. Yeah, it's <laughs> taken some of my friends ten years to get pregnant. Yeah, so the, some people are worried about getting the vaccination because women are worried about that because of how it's going to potentially affect their fertility. Yeah, but and it's like if if they actually told like did studies on that or they did test it, then maybe the woman would feel safer. But I don't think they do. Yeah, I don't think they're like okay, this is yeah one of the side effects for women with right. this vaccine. I don't think they right. I love how you have your cute little coffee pot there. Isn't it so cute? Is it for me? Anessa bubbled with me for a bit. It's just great. Just like a little, like a French press thingy. Cute. But it's the right amount of coffee. And then actually what's funny is, so these beans um, that I'm, uh, that I'm brewing over here, uh, they're from Kings County Distillery. Yeah. So uh, they're like bourbon flavored. It's not, it's not alcohol, (laughs) but uh, it's, I know with me, you never know. But uh, so they're, yeah, they're bourbon flavored coffee beans. Is it, is it good? The first time I drank it, I didn't, I was like, I don't know, but this is my second pot. And actually now I'm really into it. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to train your palate, right? Yeah. It's just a weird flavor at first, you but do now. You like bourbon. You do like bourbon. You do like bourbon. Christina, you do. There's <laughs> also like a place, 787 Coffee Shop in uh, the East Village that I love. And they have a rum infused espresso bean. 
and again, they're not alcoholic at all, but their iced Americanos with the rum infused uh, espresso bean, like delicious. My favorite coffee drink in the city. Does it taste rummy? Like what, what does it even taste like? It does. Like it, it kind of does taste boozy, but it's it's 100% not. So you're kind of, it's just a fun coffee yeah. drink in the morning. We're like, oh, yeah. I don't even drink rum, but... Kind of it's like the Bailey's. They do a Bailey's one like that, I think. Okay, Bailey's coffee, but it doesn't taste like Bailey. Yeah. Like it's not alcoholic. Yeah, I was never into Bailey's and coffee because I like if I'm drinking coffee, it's because I want to wake up, yeah, not yeah. fall asleep. But yeah, every exactly. single time I put Bailey's in my coffee, it's just like yeah. Oh my work. god! You know what? You are so right. I've I've never said this out loud, but it makes me sleep too. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm going to announce it right now on the show. I'm going to say it in public. Coffee and Bailey's sucks. Thank Whoa. you. Yes. No, I've I, I've always felt. It does make you f- tired. I've never admitted this or really said it out loud, but I've I, you just it's one of those things where society has bestowed this thing. We have to like it. You're just supposed to love coffee. Oh, little Bailey's in the coffee. I actually don't like it. Hmm. Makes me. I mean, really guess what? Tired. It tastes fine, but. It is not that you're not going to get that caffeine. It's not going to work. What about a Spanish work? coffee or a, I think you'd feel a little bit more like booze, like straight booze, but I feel like Whiskey it's so sugary. Coffee. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you put, yeah. if you put like, um, yeah, if you put like Irish whiskey in it, you might feel a little bit more. Go get the whiskey and the coffee. Let's nah. try it on the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we well, have a co- comment that they agree. Martin Leger says, uh, he agrees. With what? Yeah, Bailey's and coffee. Yeah. Oh, sucks. Yeah. See, I already forgot. I'm like, with what? <laughs> Whiskey? Terrible idea. Yeah. Do your coffee and then do your booze separately. They should be, just yeah. do them separately, you know? I actually yeah. don't mind Bailey's on the rocks. That's okay. Like a little cold bit. But coffee and Bailey's, uh, every Christmas we do it. Uh, yeah, it puts me to sleep and I just don't like it. It's to, to have anything happen, you need to put a lot in it and then it just kind of makes it like coldish. Yeah. It's like, you know, I like my coffee piping hot. It's uh yeah. No, yeah, exactly. not a fan. No, me neither. It doesn't it doesn't work. Not a fan. Have you been to by the way to Canada since uh COVID? Nope. Crazy. Wow. So are you gonna book some shows up here and come uh do some swings? Well, I really want to record a new album, obviously. Mm-hmm. Can you do you ever think back, Jen? So like we almost recorded when we did those shows in February 2020. We almost recorded another my yeah. jokes are Yeah. We should have. Like, eh? Oh my god, we should have. Oh, that sound exchange money right now during the pan- that would have been Who I mean nobody pre- nobody predicts the global yeah. pandemic. I know. We, well, what if a pandemic happens? Should we just record just in case? Like <laughs> nobody ever Get, like could ever prepare for this do you know what yeah, i mean but, i can't believe it because we and yeah. if they would have predicted it you would have sounded like a psycho like also, guys i think we should do this gig in case of a global pandemic you'd be like you, you are you okay who heard <laughs> you yeah, yeah you would be on the front cover of the national Enquirer yeah. for being a weirdo also remember in february when i met up with you got you and erica sigurdsson our buddy and hilarious comedian in bc for a tour of our show our jokes are up here do you remember I didn't drink? No, I don't. But you know what? Actually, you got me on a good kick of the of non-alcoholic beer. Oh, yeah? It's still so fun. Like, so I got, um, I, I think I already told you guys about this, um, but it's called Athletic Brewing Company. 
and they brew like they have like six different kinds of beers like they have all the flavors Julian, you know they have like their golden ale they have an ipa they, they have a stout like they have it's just like a normal brewery only all non-alcoholic but i like there was this one day where i had like a, a show like just on zoom or whatever but i did i like I ended up having three non-alcoholic beers. <laughs> yeah. I was partying it up. I was like, this is awesome. Do you find there's a placebo effect? Yeah, I think so. A hundred percent. I feel like I almost felt drunk. Totally. Like, I get that all the time. Yeah. And uh, they're very popular right now, non-alcoholic beers. Every brewery's got their version of one and uh, it's a big market. Yeah. Even, even when I do drink, I always drink session IPAs because I like a hoppy flavor, but I don't want like a high ABV. Because if I'm having like ABB, alcohol by volume. Oh, so like seven percent, five percent. Like I drink like tiny juicy IPA from Fibros. It's four point two. So basically a Coors Light for craft beer nerds. I prefer. But if I have like two seven percent beers now, I just fall asleep. Oh yeah, I know. I know. It goes back to the Bailey's and coffee. It's like oh, I'm done. Like I'm I'm tired. Yeah. Like for sure. I've never heard ABB before, and I'm gonna start overusing it now. Yeah. <laughs> What's the ABB on that wine over there? I think it's ABV, right? OBV, o, oh. Right. right, yeah, alcohol by, vol- by volume. ABV, it's ABV. 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 Julian's alcohol by volume is 0%. Although yeah. sometimes, maybe in Canada, or some, I think some places do an IBU, because I think mm. the way they measure alcohol in the States might be different than Canada. Ah, uh, got it. By unit? Um, but yeah, so I haven't been to Canada since February, since our tour. Crazy. So, but now you could start now booking some stuff for the fall and, and, uh, yeah, well, I really want to record a new album. And of course I, I want to go on Allison's label. Have I messaged her yet? No. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. She'll do it in a sec. She'll be thrilled. Do it. Message her today. Make that your, on your list. Message her today and book a date for the fall. Done. To do what? Yeah, you're right. To I got to do it. An album. I mean, I definitely have Through the material, mm-hmm. especially after all this. Where, where do you, yeah. where do you want to do it? I, that's a good question. Like, I think Toronto, but I don't know. Yeah. Anywhere where I could pack a room. You know what yeah, I mean? Toronto. I did my last one in Miami. Like, I did my, my personal album, like, in a city where I had, like, zero friends. And I, but that's even more of a testament to that album because I didn't, you know, sometimes you listen to somebody's album and you can just tell it's all their friends and family. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just, like, laughing at them, but yeah. like, nothing's funny. And I'm just like, well, well yeah. my mind is, like, legit laughs from strangers so i'm kind of i'm proud of that album i was just saying to jules that that's the ideal show too is strangers like i love my friends and family but there's nothing like performing for strangers it's better i don't know why it's the best oh there's no i love seeing people i know i love the sport so don't get me wrong you guys don't misinterpret what i'm saying but there's something about just being um autonomous and just being like exactly free on stage and not even thinking about anything. Yeah. Cause it, well, well, I noticed that the failing part of stage, cause I did a show one time in the complete darkness and part as part of this comedy festival in Quebec in this theater, complete pitch dark. And there was zero fear. I, I, I did not, I wasn't nervous whatsoever. And I realized what I'm scared of is was the feeling of people watching me fail, like seeing me bomb and vulnerable and like I'm on stage and everyone can see me. So when your friends and family are in the audience, there's that risk. You're like, I don't want them to see me. Like, You know what yeah. I mean? So when it's strangers, you go, I don't care. I also, mean, you, you do care, but less. Too, a little right. bit. Like if you, 
it kind of like what went coming back full circle to what I was talking about with Christina and how she just lets her freak fly. She just like, and I almost herself. feel like that is easier to do in front of a yeah. strangers. Totally. And the internet oh, is a stranger. So it's like, yeah, it's, you know, when you post something, I mean, it's kind of like performing yeah. for strangers, you know what I mean? So yeah. th- there is something where I am more comfortable being in a room full of strangers than a room full of friends and family. Right. Like, did you hear that part of the podcast we did a little while ago with Aaron Berg and how he does not care what people think? And and he was telling that story about a comedian that we all know. And and I was about to tell a story that was super lame and just super PG and, you know, suitable (laughs) for children. And then he's like, oh, I have a story and went ahead and plowed ahead with his story. And, and then I couldn't tell my story. After. I know. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> uh, I admire I that. am proud. Aaron is like, I mean, I went and saw one of his sets at the stand. I don't know, a few months, maybe like two months ago. Mm-hmm. And he was so funny and so on PC. But fuck, so funny. Yeah, he's like, great. And his reputation obviously is different. But, you know, there's some women in the city who's like, but you know what I mean? I think it like he was so funny talking about that thing with Alex Jones and just, you know what I mean? And just, but, oh, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. There was He's some funny. parts in the interview where I was like, oh, like, but, but it's, <laughs> that's what makes it entertaining. Like there was one part where I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but there was go back and listen if you want guys and you'll be able to feel the awkwardness that I felt, but it's also part of the interesting, entertaining aspect of it because it's like and the thing is we know Aaron is a good guy he's actually got a good heart he's a really good person so we talked about that in the show too if you know that someone is a good person they don't mean anything maliciously they're just speaking their truth yeah kind of thing does that yeah I know I get it because I you know I have some run-ins with some girls that of course are not Aaron Berg fans here yeah and I'm like I just, I know he's a good person. Yeah. At the he, end of the day, like those really are his opinions. He, he's a good, he's got a good heart. Those yeah. are his opinions, right? Yeah. And he's allowed to have those. And he's a good guy. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's hard to, it's hard in 2021 though. You're almost not allowed to have an opinion if it goes against, like if you're a group that is marginalized and you say these are the rules yeah. As that marginalized voice of that marginalized group. And you say, here are the rules that you all in your like, you know, white male world, you're, this is what you have to follow our rules. Cause we're, if you don't follow those, then you're discriminating. But what if you just feel like a different opinion? It's like, if you feel a different opinion and voice that, then no matter what, you're ignorant, you're disrespectful, and you're not, you know? So it's a really tough thing to navigate. Yeah, no, totally. Oh, yeah, I, I, for, I almost forgot, actually, as you were speaking, then all of a sudden I had the flashback to the... You know what I'm what talking it, about. Like, guys matter? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's one of those ones where I definitely grabbed my head and it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I know. That, I know. that radio segment on the Todd Shapiro show, you heard that before? I don't know that I did. The White Girls Matter tour, or the White White Girls, White Guys Matter tour, Aaron went on with, um, oh geez, I don't, uh, oh, Jess, uh, Jess Beaulieu. Oh, right. He yeah, went on yeah. the Todd Shapiro show and they like they had it out. 
Oh shit! Did that? Oh, you never heard that clip? It's it's about twenty minutes long. It's insane. Yeah, oh, I'm sure Jess had a lot to say. Oh well, she was very very upset. It was Jess yeah. and someone else. I can't remember who who was, but Jess was doing most of the talking and uh, wow they went at it her and Aaron because Aaron was just basically saying in comedy the number one thing is being funny the funny is first everything else and she was like no it's not it's like people's feelings and stuff and he's like you're a cancer to comedy you're comedy ISIS lady and all that it was crazy Oh my God. Right, right away he started he's like uh, what, uh, how do you earn a living like do you do, you do stand up as a living and she's like I do a bunch of stuff he's like but are you do you earn your living doing stand-up comedy she's like well yeah he's like no but anyway it's a great uh it's intense but it's a great listen if you're a comedy fan because it's that debate it's both extreme sides of that debate of like what can you laugh about and what what's you know i already want out of this conversation so badly (laughs) i know you got to be really careful what you say now because it's yeah yeah and i feel like i had such a nice support system during that casino niagara thing that you know, I feel like anytime I even try to show sympathy for, you know, any, any you know, any other for, side? For some of the edgier yeah. people, they're like, remember when we all had your back? And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm in trouble. Well, that's the thing. It's a really, really hard thing to even talk about. And um, anyway. Yeah, but it's okay to talk about things. Oh, we yeah. have to, I mean, right? it did seem like when I saw the, the poster, I was like, oh, that's a stunt. Like, it just seems stunty anyway. Yeah, it yeah. Didn't seem like- and that's exactly what it was. It was just a stunt. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, that's... That's not, you know, somebody. Uh, and I mean, I think that's different than, I think that's different. That's a whole, and, and I understand why somebody would, but obviously that you're right. It's a stunt to get people talking and to get the attention. Hey, side note, just, hey, oh, good. Look, there's a comment to get us off this topic. Oh, uh, thank God. Thank you, commenter. <laughs> my sister. You can cut all that if you want. <laughs> uh, my sister. Well, we didn't say anything bad. Don't worry about it. My sister, Melly says, Hi, Millie. Uh, I be because you know she's a craft uh, beer nerd. Oh, yeah. She knows a lot. She used to uh, work in the industry. IBU is International Bitterness Units. She said okay. it measures the bitterness in brackets hops, not the alcohol. That's right. Yes, thank you, Millie. I knew that there was something with the IBUs. I mean, I, I was a server for a long time and a bartender, so of course I really remember this, but yes. IBUs. I like IBUs. That's for sure. I like the hops, but, uh, yeah. And ABV. All right. All right. Well, that's good. I'm glad, uh, we're freshened up on that. ABV. What's the ABV on that IPA? OPP? Yeah. You know me. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> Are you okay? All, all acronyms, even okay. Are you okay? A-okay. Thank you. OMG. Anything exciting, uh, coming up the, uh, the old pipe? It's Pike. Pike, it Pike, whatever. I mean, like I said, I'm doing QED in a store. Actually, I'm performing in Astoria in your old haunt. Oh I did enjoy God. you guys talking about Astoria the other day too, because I took a walk through Astoria on Saturday, and McCann's is closed up. By the way, McCann's <gasps> is no longer. Oh no! Oh no way! Yeah, I, I I texted Christine too, and then I didn't. I was too scared to go to No Partners alone, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so that's still open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no partners outlived McCann's. <laughs> no partners survived COVID. A lot of bars didn't. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, well, like, where, did, where did you work again, Julian? Didn't you work at like a Greek restaurant? Mezzo, Mezzo. Okay. It's it, probably w- not there. That's right? long, long gone. For sure? <clears throat> yeah, seven or eight years ago. 
shut down. I mean, I was working full days and not serve one person. And I was just making my house pay of $2 an hour. I would work eight hours so and make insane. 16 bucks. Oh my God. Like lunches in the week. And you and couldn't even be on your phone or anything. No, well, I, first of all, I had a flip phone, so it wasn't like I had True. a. But um, no, and he would make me stand. So I would work, work these long lunch shifts, and he would read the paper in the back, and he would make me stand at the host stand. Even though there's nobody and nobody would come, so I just stood. I just literally stood there and looked at the menu. Oh my god! Oh my god! And and what? people watched. Well, I almost so I've been day job free for like five years now, but you know, like cruise ships were obviously helping my income a lot last in 2019, and then I had that writing job in 2020 for a few months, which saved my life. But then a couple months ago, I actually did. I put some feelers out, and I. I got hired at this bar in Chinatown and I went for like one shift, but it was very hard. It was like still kind of COVID y, had to wear a mask, had to like take everybody's temperature, had to sign everybody in. There was like yeah. a lot of, of that kind of crap, but like at the, so whatever. But I worked one kind of trial shift for like four hours or whatever. And then I, t- then I ended up turning down the job, but like partly because of the COVID, but. Honestly, I'm just like at this age now where I can't work anywhere that plays Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, once they were Cotton Eye Joe, I was like, oh my God, I'm too, I, can't, I can't work here. Yeah. Like, and all the kids are like so excited. They're like, and I'm like, no, no, oh. this song was never good. This song, no. That's three and a half minutes of contemplating everything that has brought you to that moment. That song will get in your head for like a week. It's awful. Anyways, but I didn't. I, I, I came close. Yeah. Um, are you going to go back to cruise ships when you can? I want to. I have my availability. I just changed my availability today, actually, because I, I was thinking I wanted to wait. I actually have some gigs. Like, I'm doing Soul Jewels outside of Philly in, like, two weeks, and I'm doing Side Splitters in Tampa in September. So I have some cool stuff. And, you know, I'm supposed to go to Tahoe with my family in August. And, uh, so whatever. I had all the stuff planned and, and some cool shows like Comedy Juice. But at the, the end of the day... I need to fucking hustle and make some money. So I just changed my availability to like right now. Yeah. So if a cruise opens up and here's the problem though, is there, they're, they want to send comics out for like a month. Some, some cruise lines, like four months. How long was it before? I was doing a two weeks? week contract. Yeah. Two weeks is easy. I mean, man, manageable because you yeah, can still have a life so outside of it. Yeah. Two weeks is easy. And like, if you host, it's 1500 a week. If you headline, it's three grand a week. So uh, the host does all the shows. You only do 10 minutes. So it's easy, which I've done, obviously. Um, and then the headliner does 35. But it's like, yeah, it's, yeah, I just want to, you know, replenish. I, I put COVID on my credit card. Um, <laughs> and, and my 30s, actually, they're on my credit card. Too, so it's, <laughs> I got some more. And you have no, ex- no expenses on the ship, right? You can just. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, you eat for free. And like, even if you want to get a beer or whatever, you can go to the crew bar. A beer is a dollar. Is it true when you're a staff that like you can't mingle with people like the public? We're allowed to like guest entertainers. Yeah. On the I work on NCL, we're allowed to, but yeah, some of the crew can't. Right. But then I'm spending more money if I'm going to you know the passenger bars. We still get fifty percent off at those bars, but you're spending more money, really. But um, it's still nice. I mean, I still, I think that the cruise ship work is like something that people were kind of really ungrateful for. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, they were like, "Ugh, I hate the whatever," and now people are like, "Wow, that was actually a great gig." Yeah, I mean, the the, the that's one good thing out of COVID it makes you appreciate like 
Well, I know when you really break it down, you go, I get to go on a ship on a tropical <laughs> seas and perform comedy for two weeks and make some yeah. money and come back. I mean, yeah. I know yeah. it's crazy the things we took for granted and complained about compare well, feel, compare that to zoom shows I, know. <laughs> I feel like people think there's a stigma for sure with cruise ships like that's where comics go to die like that's where yeah that's where the art is lost it's it's like a corporate on the water but like yeah thankless you can't really do material you want to but there's definitely a silver lining and I think if anyone can balance their life, you can. Where you, can, I think so. And I, I think you, two you week contracts to be one were... thing. You're not just you're not just a cruise ship comic, like you know. Yeah. Yes, yeah. certainly not defining. Absolutely, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and like like two weeks, you know, going in and out. Two weeks, it was easy. You know what I mean? Like you could be on the road for two weeks yeah. easily. Oh, for sure. That's yeah. like two weekends. A month is 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 a chunk more. It's double, but it's not crazy. Four months is. Is tough, but you could just go. I'm doing this for even that four months, as long as it is, it's still a drop in the bucket in the grand scheme. If you just go, fly, I know yeah. it'll fly by. And like, I hope I even if I could get, I've heard them giving like one month contracts, and I think one month would be very feasible right now. Yeah, you know, I actually might be. It's kind of here's another thing I like about working on the cruise ships. I kind of like checking out, like, I right. don't get it in that package, right. so I yeah. only check my email, I only check social media and the internet. When we're in port, when I have free Wi-Fi, um, and that's it. Like that's it. Like then I'm yeah. I'm checked out. I don't look at my phone. Like I almost feel like I'm more present because I'm not like yeah. glued to the phone because it doesn't work when I'm out at sea. So it's I'm bonding with people. I'm making new friends really fast. And it's it's four months. It flies by. Like we, we tend to overestimate the ve- like how fast time goes by or underestimate because because you'll. If you're doing spots in the city and whatever and seeing comics and running into people and then you go away for four months to do four uh, cruises and come back, a lot of people wouldn't even know you left. You'd be like, I just got back four months. Oh, really? Didn't I just see it, that mic? You're like, no, actually, that was four and a half months ago. Like time just kind of, you know, so if, you're, if you're around, like four months is just a drop in the bucket. It's so true. Even when I look back on that MTV contract, so that was like for three years. I remember thinking, oh my God, they're going to own me for three years. Guess what? That three years is gone and like another three years is gone. (laughs) So it's, yeah, it all flies by. Yeah, for sure. Well, Christina Walkinshaw, where can people find you? Where can people find all of your stuff? Well, you know, I do have a a website Mm -hmm. that I've actually started to update more regularly than than not. So ChristinaWalkinshaw.com. And then there's links to like everything there, but across the board, Instagram, Twitter, I'm at Walkin' Sauce. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, my blog has the same name as as the new podcast. It's just, it's taking a long time to become famous. Check it out on Spotify. And uh, how many how many have you done so far? I only, so I, I, I had a lot of tech issues on my first day working on it. And I, I accidentally recorded a whole 30 minute thing. And I didn't have the microphone on the right wrong. I had it on oh. the wrong setting. It was totally useless. Like you couldn't hear anything. So anyway, so then I downgraded it. I made my work day. I just made a trailer. So there's just a three minute trailer okay. out there right now. But so it'd be really easy and you could decide in three minutes whether you want to come with me on. Yeah. And are you, are you going to release them once a week? What did you know the day yet? Yes. Uh, I think I'm probably going to release on Tuesdays because my other podcast, Jill and Off, which I also have with Jen Murphy, mm-hmm. those come out on Mondays. So mm-hmm. today there's a brand new episode 
And, uh, and then I'm still blogging and the blogs I post on Wednesday. Look at you, your content, content powerhouse. I really am. Like I said, I'm too scared to ask anybody for spots, but I'll stay at home click clicking away like a weirdo. Ask, <laughs> ask away. Actually, send Allison a message today. Make that a goal. Just I like this goal, and I'll do that. To say uh, you are looking for to record an album in the fall, and then that'll be the first step in doing it. What if I record in Wakefield? I like that place. Do yeah. it. You you would sell out. It would be a hot crowd. I mean, why the hell not? Yeah. Absolutely. Cute, eh? Yes. You you would it would. A hundred percent sell out. The black sheep, you would love that. Yeah, the black sheep. I like would that. Be great. Yeah, black sheep would be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll definitely sell out. People know you and like you around here. You have a lot of fans. That would be a definitely a viable option. For, and cool. it would sound great. And the black sheep. Fun. Yeah, it would be, be fun, fun and it would sound good. Yeah, which I appreciate. Yeah, you're right. And I got some friends out there for sure. Oh my god, it would be a oh, packed yeah. house. You have lots sure. of yeah people in Ottawa that would come out to Wakefield. Yeah, it'd be so good. Yes. And I love staying at your house. Your and house you is so cozy yeah, and nice. Yeah, you can stay here. I vote for Wakefield for Christina Walkinshaw's next too, album. I vote actually. Yeah. Well, get the ball rolling because Jen is really good at this, at just taking the first step and doing things. Like you get me going on everything. I mean, just to... And so that's your challenge for the day. Get step one of that album going. And then the, then the ball is officially in motion. Rolling. Yeah, you're right. I like this. Yeah, and thanks. then it'll force you to just start thinking about that. Then you start working your way back from that when you do it. So then you start booking more spots. You actively start to then ask for more things because you know yeah. this is coming up. And so it's kind of a win-win. Well, that's the thing is I want to call. So I want the album to be all the material I wrote in lockdown that I couldn't practice or do anywhere. So I want to call the album Untested. Perfect. perfect. Cute. Ah, a very on brand with... Uh, the I pa- mean the pandemic. I mean, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this was fun because you know, selfishly, we get to catch up with our buddy. Yeah, we love you. Yeah. So this, yeah, this is, is a great hang. Yeah. I'm so excited too. Yeah. yeah. I, this is this content is slash FaceTiming, basically. It really is. Yeah. 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 And I was excited to wake up early for this. There's not a lot of people I'd wake up at 8 a.m. for, but you guys uh, are too. Well, Allison Doris said the same thing. Remember? Yes. She was a great guest. We asked her, are you usually up? No. Well, those are the best guests, our friends or people. We, yeah, that was funny. No. Yeah. No. Because um, it is just a fun hang. It's not like an interview or we just kind of talk. Yeah. And that, that's the, if you listen, that's the best kind of content. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Christina, you're uh, entertaining to talk to. You're a fun person to talk to. And uh, that's why I'm friends with you. Yay! Well, well, you are like family to me. Yep. Yeah, totes my goats, my loats, my flows. <laughs> All right, we'll let you go. Are you going to go back to bed or are you up for the day? No, I'm going to, I might actually do a little writing and then I'll, I'll go for my run. I've been running laps. Nike Run Club, baby. Oh, yeah. And I, I have Shin- I know. I know you downloaded the app. I know you have it. Yeah. Well, I was using it and then, but I have crazy shin splints. I cannot, I couldn't get, so I stopped running for, I ran every, like, pretty much every day for a while and then these crazy shin splints like i couldn't run for more than half a kilometer without having to walk and uh so i took a few weeks off and then now i'm biking which i love because it's like running but so much faster you can cover so much ground it's crazy after like 
running and walking for a month and then getting on the bike, I'm like, this is like taking a plane. It's crazy. I hop on the city bike. I have a city bike membership, so I hop around sometimes. But yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, biking is so much faster. This is so easy. You cover so much ground. Anyway. Are we like those people that like say we're leaving a party? I know. Never, never leave. leave. <laughs> the, the podcast, we just ended it. Now I we're know. still talking. I yeah. know. It's like, um, not to bring it back to full circle, that hell gig I did on Friday. I uh, The sound tech for my last set was finally, he goes... Yeah, we, you're good. I go, all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's uh, thank you. That's my time. It's uh, now time to, he goes, well, three, four minutes. I go, seriously? And I said that, <laughs> I go, I said that on stage. I go, I, you know, when you say goodbye to someone at a party, then you run into them like eight minutes later. It's yeah. like this. Now I have to do more time. I know what's happening right now. Can I tell you what's happening right now? What? what he is delaying his second shot he's gotta <laughs> yeah. go he's, he's supposed to you are supposed to be at the clinic yeah. 12 minutes ago it, it started at nine so you have to get going and he's putting oh. it off <laughs> you'll be fine drink a giant coffee before you go i had like the biggest coffee before i got my vaccination and I, like it was i it's the biggest coffee i've ever had in my life i went to some different coffee shop and it was, it must've been like magic coffee. Cause I'm sure that that coffee jacked me up to take that back. like a champ. Cause nice. I, had maybe it was whiskey beans, <gasps> but with alcohol in them. Maybe. And you didn't care. Oh yeah. <laughs> and maybe go ahead. You can justify a third espresso shot today. I've only had one. So have your second one and then go get your second one. Shit. Second go shot get up to on get caffeine. the second shot right now. All right. The cats are having a friggin' party upstairs. I can hear them. All right. Well, thanks so much, Christina. <laughs> You're the best. We love you. Go to ChristinaWalkinshaw.com, at Walkinshaw on Instagram and, and Twitter, and follow on Facebook, and go read her blog, and check her out on Spotify, and uh, she's a content machine. Oh, quickly, also, are you still doing that? Uh, what's the other thing you do? What's that other thing? The burping? Oh, or something? What, what, burping on OnlyFans? Yeah. Do you still do that? Oh yeah, why not? It's, uh, it's, okay, it's easy. I, you didn't, I didn't want to ask. You're like skating around the circle. Like, Are you doing that? No, thing? I forgot what it's called. Oh. I'm not like as passionate about my career as a professional burper anymore as I used to be. You know, once once something turns into a job, it's lost its art form a little bit. But so did you? But actually, I can't help it. Oh shit! I kicked the camera. Oops. Oh, shit. Are so, you guys passing gas? Is that why you? No, what happened? Was there a bug or something? Um, no, sorry. I kicked the. I kicked the. Uh, yeah, there was a bug. What kind of bug? An ant on my foot. Oh, you the... panicked like it was a scorpion. It's <laughs> a really cool picture, though. Um. Okay. Well, what? Are you okay? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I can't help it. I keep making money on that burping thing. So I've, yeah, I've yeah. So, more money. So, I mean, why the hell not? I've made like six thousand dollars burping. Are you crazy? Are you serious? I'm dead serious. So how do people find you there? Um, I'm at Burps Magoo on Holy Fans. <laughs> if you have a burp fetish. I didn't use my real name. I mean, I'm, I can tell a lot of guys on there like know me from comedy anyway. It's like, uh, but it's, but you know, whatever. I don't use my real name. So OnlyFans.com slash Burps Magoo. If you have a burp fetish, if you don't have a burp fetish, guess what? You ain't going to like the content. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. People have burp fetishes. Okay, that's a whole other episode. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll we'll have our fetish episode next time. We'll get down and Actually, down and dirty with should. fetishes. Let's do a fetish episode. We should do a fe- like where we what 
Talk about burp and fart you, and stuff. Yeah, you don't even have to have me on it if you don't want. But like, you need a fetish. Yeah, because we be know that there's a lot of fetishes. Yeah, it'd be interesting just to talk about fetishes. Like, what the hell? So, but when it's a fe- fetish, is it always sexual? Like, are guys beating off while you're burping? I mean, I don't. I don't. Whatever they do behind closed doors is their <laughs> business, but. <laughs> I don't want to know. But what I do is I just provide burps that Booger from Revenge of the Nerds would be proud of. Booger. So it's like, because it can't all be sexual. Like like ASMR and stuff, that's just like weird, but people... No, ASMR like for sure. I think a lot of people, it's like a sound, yeah, for sure. Right. The, it's I think sexual? That's a lot of my, no, it's just oh. like a sound thing. Yeah. yeah, but why? They just relax to it, I guess? Maybe. Let me see if it does. Bring them oh! <laughs> That actually sounds like Christina. Yeah. Really yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, gross. Gross. Stop. Um, Earl and Spirits actually had a sound bite of one of my burps. No way. No. Yeah. Um, one of our loyal listeners, Wendy, said, uh, "Hilarious." LOL. Burps Magoo. She's she's loving it. Yay! And burps Magoo. She also commented that you're a great guest. Really, really. Uh, entertained by the convo so oh yay thanks that's so good Mm -hmm. i'm excited when people like our content yeah exactly (laughs) feedback all right we'll let you go i'm gonna go get my second running the podcast for the third time this podcast (laughs) all right bye christina bye Bye. there she goes (laughs) (laughs) bye bye I don't know what. Uh, how do I uh, get out of? Do this? I have to go now, or do I hit leave? Or oh, here, yeah, I can do it. <laughs> Are you hanging up on me? Uh, <laughs> oh my god, this is a podcast that never ends. It goes on and on and on. It's like um, <laughs> recording, not knowing what they do. never. It's like uh, when you're young and you're like, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. <laughs> it really is that. All right, no, hang I'll up. hang up. Okay, you hang up. Okay. <laughs> See oh you my soon. god. <laughs> Uh, Christina Walkinshaw, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, the fa- fabulous and talented Christina Walkinshaw. Go to ChristinaWalkinshaw.com. Follow on Instagram and Twitter at Walkinshaws. And her um, Spotify, new Spotify podcast series, It's Taken a Long Time to Get Famous. Is that the name? Something like that. It's taking a long time. It's taking a long time. Anyway, uh, go check her. If you search Christina Walkinshaw, it'll come up. All right, we should... Uh, we didn't do the daily dose tomorrow. Can it wait? No. Yeah. Hundred percent. No. No. You're like no. Okay. Well, that's our episode. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. We appreciate everything. If you're watching on YouTube, hit smash that like button, subscribe, and hit that bell. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review that makes all the difference in the world. If you're listening on Facebook, give us a share. Why don't you? Go ahead. Share it now. People can watch the replay. It's a great interview. Great chat with Christina Yeah, Wagenchow. why don't you? Oh, yeah. We got a nice review. Uh, oh, yeah, thank, but Thanks for the nice reviews, everybody. Yeah. Oh, makes such a difference in our lives. It really does. Jen, I love you. Love you. So much it hurts. Aw. I love you, too. Aww. Why she say screw you? <laughs> All right, we'll see you tomorrow, everybody, for Tuesday's episode. And until then, watch your head. Yeah. You spend your life looking for what you already got. Such a beautiful.
Of 